Hello and welcome to the third of the year. Third. Nerds who haunted themselves. Uh, I am Stuart Moraine and I am joined as always by Andy Hanks. By Andy Hanks. Uh, who's just built himself a zoo cave. Yeah, I have, yeah. Um, I've finally managed to get round to doing my little art studio that I've been wanting to do for so since we moved in, which was what, five years ago? No, six years ago, but yeah. And uh, yeah, I finally got round to actually round to actually finishing it. Well, starting it and finishing it. And um, yeah, basically, I wanted a little room where I could stick my Wacom tablet. So my Wacom room, um, I stick that in there, and and so I don't have to keep moving my stuff every time. So I want to eat at the table. But you not feel once you've stuck it in there, you should move your stuff. Once I've stuck it in where, wherever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so so it's just little space where I could put more me drawing stuff and I can have all pictures and inspiration and books or easy access and zoo, I call it the zoo cave and uh, I'm really happy with it and yeah I've just burped um, <laughs> yeah I'm really happy with it it's all really awesome there's pictures of it on my um, uh, Zoot Facebook page the I am Zoot Facebook page oh, look it's really cool actually not up there yet I'm going to put them up there yeah well um, this won't go out until tomorrow it. at the earliest yeah. so <laughs> you've, you've got time when you get home to absolutely so, but yeah, no, that's very cool. I, like I say, I'm jealous I had to give my office up to a child, not that I ever used my office when I... My child, I didn't just randomly put a child <laughs> Just a random child made you give it up, you know. <laughs> Squatters. He I made younger and younger nowadays, don't they? He made me see that I was wasting my life with an office. <laughs> so yeah, so I, 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 I don't have a nerd cave of my own, although I'm sure my wife would argue that our entire house is a nerd cave. <laughs> with random take that stuff thrown like in. Nerd mansion, though, isn't it? No, no, that sort of implies I'm doing well. <laughs> <laughs> so the back cave is big and expansive. Yeah, you know, it's probably like a three-bed house. I was going to say, so are you. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, man. I know some of your shelves are bowing a little bit, actually. It's under the weight of the books. Yeah, the restaurant, are they? It's just that one. No, there's a. I every so often have to take the shelves off and flip them and then put the books back on like flipping a mattress basically yes every three months flip your bookshelves <laughs> I need to get some proper bookcases for books mm. that will take the weight because that's just cheap I've got shit that I've had for about 15 so, years so bookcases for books yeah it's quite novel it is it's quite novel yeah <laughs> graphic yeah absolutely <laughs> but let's not start that graphic novel debate oh crikey but anyway, yeah, so so that's been going on, and you're looking at doing a new a third I Am Zoot Monsters. Oh, yeah. Creature um, feature, kind of. So You could do the creature from the Black Lagoon. Um, what do you look like? You look like the creature from the Black Lagoon. Um, I was thinking of doing something like Cthulhu, actually. Anyway, um, let's, let's fill you all in. Basically, what, what I'm doing is that, as a few of you know, I, I have a table um, at conventions which I sell some of my stuff. I like to do one-off kind of uh, digital paintings. I've got a couple of series on the go. I've got some you say you have a table, we usually have a gap. We need to fill it at last minute. Oh, yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I am filler. <laughs> you're like those guys at the Oscars that when the famous people get up, you just sort of sit in the seat to make it look busy. <laughs> that is accurate. Cheers, mate. Thank you. I'd like to bring you back down. You shouldn't have called me big and expansive. <laughs> uh, I'm only your personality, of course. <laughs> um, so I have kind of a, like... The things I like to draw, and it's kind of turning into like like separate kind of 
groups, like series of artworks. For instance, I've got superhero kids, I've got three of those all together. I'm doing my little robot zoot. At the moment, I've got three or four, I can't remember now. Can't remember you've got where, where the wild zoots are. Where, where the wild bots are. Anatomy of the zoot. Then I've got the, the, the tortoise one, I can't remember what I called that one. Welcome to the jungle. Yeah. And then there's the Empire Strikes Back, the Empire the yeah. Strikes Back one. That's four. So my next one, I've also got, I've got two. I've got a, a portrait of Groot, or my interpretation of Groot, and a portrait of Ludo from the Labyrinth. And I would like a third idea, a third creature, or some kind of movie or TV monster, friendly monster maybe, that would fit and would go really well alongside those two. Um, so as I said, I want something really interesting and something I can do my interpretation on. So, something, you know, someone like not not someone like Godzilla or Gizmo from Gremlins. It's a little bit too easy, I think. Or like the Matthew obvious. Broderick Godzilla. Oh, the, people love the, it. Find the the, the T Rex. Yeah, that's the tough, that's the nice thing. The one with the Jimmy Hill chin. The Jimmy Hill chin, absolutely. Um, or the big fat one from the Brian Cranston one. Um, so if you can think of any ideas, any you think that would look quite cool that will go with the other two, um, go, either um, reply to this podcast on on the Facebook page, or you'll find me somewhere on I Am Zoot on Facebook. The real Facebook dot com forward slash the real Zoot, isn't it? That's it. Yep, I didn't know that, but it is that. Or just yeah, just or on Twitter at, um, at Zootbot at Zootbot on Twitter. Yeah, just if you have any ideas, I'd love to. You know, cool. I'd love you to influence me. Cool, and we also saw Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, we did. Conversation absolutely. is so fresh, and like we didn't have it five minutes ago. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> so spontaneous. Before I had to go and subdue a uh, sulking, tantrum-throwing child, uh, and then lost the recording. <laughs> you press stop and not pause. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy two um we said we're not going to talk about it too much because we're going to do probably that later on in the year when we'll yeah potentially look it. It, maybe when it comes out on dvd blu-ray there's a great empire podcast spoiler special for guardians anyway with james yeah, just, going, go so that, just go listen to that i don't even know why you're here to be honest but, <laughs> but yeah no um overall thoughts based on first viewing for me was that really liked it but didn't love it mm-hmm. um but i think it had such it was a little bit I don't know best to describe it. I suppose a little bit like re-meeting the love of your life, and you know, it's never quite the same the second time. I absolutely loved it. Uh, I loved every minute. I really, really enjoyed it. But I think we both. I I I reckon I enjoyed it more than you. But we both. I think that's not to say I didn't enjoy it because I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. The time flew by. But I think we both came away thinking that that whatever was popular in the first one, they tried to replicate. Yeah, like I say, I don't think they did it consciously even necessarily. I don't think it was a cynical kind of there was you need a, to have group dancing, you need to have this, you need to They have need that. to have some kind of nineteen eighties yeah character in there, like you know, that famous actor and they need to reference, you know, like the bright like the uh, Kevin Bacon one from the first one. Um and obviously the music was very popular so they do a lot of that and it becomes more of a part of the story. Yeah. I um yeah, I don't think it was a cynical thing, like ticking off a checklist kind of thing. I think it was just... I'm trying I think, to think... I think was... unintentionally... Uh, for me, it's the Mr. Blue Sky bit. Mm. Felt a little bit kind of like no, they see, were recapturing... I, 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 yeah, I absolutely loved it. I adored it. 
Yeah. But it just felt a little bit kind of like, you know. Oh, uh, well, they like the bit with the, the Jackson 5 song from the first film. I know what I would do is do this and second yeah. film. So, but I get it and I loved it. And how can you not love? I'm trying to remember, there was another film, reasonably recent. It was a sequel that came out and it was, again, really obvious that what they did, they'd gone to the first film. There's a lot of nods to things that happened in the first film. Independence Day Resurgence? I don't need to speak about that film. Crikey. <laughs> I remember coming out of that film thinking I absolutely hated that film but really enjoyed it and the more I thought about it the more I hate it oh it reminded me of what's that awful 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 film that was that a few years ago with the uh, black guy from Scrubs was in it oh um Skyline Skyline that is that's like a B movie with somehow escaped the net oh that is just a complete pile of fucking drossy shit I can't stand that oh crikey it has one good bit in it, and that's when the drones are going in. Beyond that, it's a pile of steaming It's turd. one of those films where I'm tempted to watch it again, just to prove to myself that it was actually as bad as I remember it. I think you've done that. I don't think you need to. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's... I mean, it's always difficult, a second film, when you love the first one so much. There's very few that... And the problem with Guardians is that nobody wanted it to be like The Empire Strikes Back to Star Wars. Yeah, the darker. Everybody wanted more of the same, which is exactly what we got. I think all the Marvel movies uh, have got, they've definitely got a different personality about them separately. And I think what Guardians of the Galaxy does, it does incredibly well. I mean, it's almost like a light relief, isn't it? From from all of your, you know, Winter Soldiers, and which is a little bit more dark, a little bit more. Gritty. I think the thing with Winter Soldiers is that as good as Captain America: The First Avenger is, it isn't as beloved as Iron Man or Avengers. Assemble or Guardians of the Galaxy generally, 1 generally no because the problem with Iron Man is you've then got Iron Man 2 which was nowhere near as good still an enjoyable film but nowhere near as good as Iron Man mm. you got Age of Ultron which I still really enjoyed but wasn't as good as Avengers Assemble mm-hmm. and you got Guardians 2 which really 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 enjoyed but still fell kind of short of the first one mm-hmm. but it's the first Marvel sequel to a film that had a first film that was that popular that has at least come really really close to being the, the, as good as the first, the first one. one no I disagree I think Captain America was but Captain America First Avenger wasn't as big as Iron Man or Avengers but, that's what I'm saying oh yeah okay but yeah okay fair enough but I do think I, I reckon um, Captain America First Avenger didn't get into people's zeitgeist the way that mm. Iron Man of Avengers Assemble and Guardians of the Galaxy did. Is Guardians that because the, the character especially. wasn't as popular do you reckon? I just don't think it was as well put out it sort of it was at that time where it just felt like it was being thrown in to build up to Avengers Oh okay yeah no absolutely because it sort of you had that and Thor mm. which two really really good enjoyable movies but they just looking back on it they didn't have the impact that Iron Man did yeah. or Avengers Assemble did yeah so, but perfectly fine in their own ways. Not bad films, not particularly outstanding films. Um, I think I've only seen Captain America: First Avenger once. I love Winter Soldier and I love Civil War. Yeah. Although Civil War, there are problems with. Mm. But we're getting into a real Marvel thing now. <laughs> we'll do a Marvel thing later on where we'll just rank all the films. Yes, the top here. We'll, we'll have a Marvel special coming up, but. But yeah, let's look. Let's look to the future. <laughs> Think about the future, Eckhart. 
uh, with trailers of forthcoming films because there's been a few that's grabbed our attention mm. pretty much just after we finished recording the last podcast mm. the Star Wars Last Jedi trailer dropped I absolutely did didn't we? with classic timing thanks for that Lucasfilm you could have told us we'd have synced up <laughs> you think they'd keep a fucking high hitter like us in the loop at least but yeah so Apple can do it the, <laughs> the Last Jedi trailer finally dropped mm. Doesn't say much, does it? Doesn't really tell it you. It doesn't. No, it's got the slow Star Wars music, which yep. has, seems to have been used in so many trailers now. Yeah. From the prequels onwards, it was big in the Phantom Menace. The slow sort of Star Wars music, and certainly Revenge of the Sith. Um, they probably used it in Force Awakens as well. I think they did. The picture. they did. Yeah. The uh, yeah. I have it. My sister has it. Well, uh, even Ro- Rogue Her One. Even, <laughs> even Rogue One, you kind of had the plinky plonky hint didn't you yeah piano plinky plonky cold play on a piano yeah basically <laughs> it was all yellow um but yeah excited of course I am Star Wars I guess that's that's default I am despite my misgivings off the back of The Force Awakens mm. I sort of it's renewed slightly by Rogue One which I really enjoyed I know a lot of people didn't and it seems to be you either like Force Awakens or you like Rogue One seems to be the way it's going for me I've said before lots of different places love him or hate him there was a certain magic that George Lucas brought to Star Wars that seems to be lacking in these last two films Mm. for me Rogue One sort of captured it maybe a little bit more but then that's because it was so close to a New Hope story time yeah Um, but it certainly looks like The Last Jedi isn't going to be a box ticking exercise like Force Awakens was Yeah, yeah absolutely at least I hope it's not like I say Force Awakens was very much like they went round a Star Wars convention asking what everybody's favourite bits of Star Wars was yeah and then just remade A New Hope <laughs> but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the talk of talking about obvious not as first one yeah I mean Force Awakens was always going to suffer as well because of the whole Han Solo thing mm. which I know they're doing it as the you know this is our equivalent of Obi-Wan Kenobi but when so is he going to come back as a guest? I don't think he is, no. And it's blatantly obvious that the only reason that happened is because Hanso, um, Harrison Ford said that he'd do it on condition that he died. Yeah. But, um... Does that that mean sort Indiana of meant Jones Force Awakens ended on a real downer. Sorry? Does that mean Indiana Jones is going to die in the next Indiana Jones movie? No, because he never wanted to die. He always wanted to keep going with Indiana Jones. Yeah. So, that'll be interesting to see. Part of me feels with this Han Solo movie that they're really using that to test the waters for a new Indiana Jones yeah seems a bit upset a bit excessive well I just kind of feel like if you well, I think they've got two things in that they've painted into a corner and that they can't use Harrison Ford's Han Solo anymore because mm. he's dead Force Awakens spoilers um, so they want to carry on telling Han Solo stories so they need to find a new Han Solo yeah which I've said I said on the last one I've got no real feeling about the Han Solo movie nothing's got me excited about it so far apart from the cast yeah um, but yeah it's Han Solo feels like a safer bet to test ride a Harrison Ford replacement than being kind of like we're doing a new ha- Indiana Jones with yeah but I think the big problem with Force Awakens and potentially going into The Last Jedi particularly now that Carrie Fisher sadly died as well is that we will never see those three characters together again and that's kind of all we really wanted to see mm. yes absolutely was our three icons back up on screen together yeah it's different with 
Obi-Wan Kenobi going from the prequels to A New Hope because one, we first met Obi-Wan Kenobi in A New Hope so we mm. weren't overly invested in the character beyond he's kind of cool, it's sad he's died but I can still hear his voice um, so there isn't that and there's nothing really from the prequels where you're kind of like, I really want to see Yoda, Mace Windu and Obi-Wan Kenobi together again I will never get that, I've been robbed of it and that's kind of what it feels like with these Star Wars films is they've not given me the one thing that I really wanted above all else because mm. where the fuck's Lando? Well, he's going to be in this one, isn't he? No. He's Isn't not he? going to be in the Han Solo movie. Well, yeah, but he's not going to be in The Last Jedi. I mean, oh, where no. is he No. canonically in this? Oh, I see. Because no. I'm pretty sure Billy D. Williams is up for it. Perhaps they're going to bring him in now. You would have thought we've lost Han. Let's bring yeah. in Billy D. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Probably be wearing exactly the same clothes that Han wore. Exactly, it? yeah. But. He's going to himself up. <laughs> But you've got the... There's some cool little bits in it. There's the what looks like the Journal of the Wills. The book. Oh, the logo on it. A book on paper, yeah. Yeah. Which people are speculating is the Journal of the Wills, which would be very cool. Um, you've got cool things. The... I don't know what those sand speeders are, for want of a better term. I think they're dragging something on the, on the ground, aren't they? And well, they've got, like, red paint up. coming behind them, and there's... Yeah, there's something coming from it but it's hitting the sand and it's dragging so it's, I thought the, the red was kicking something up from the sand I thought the red was the smoke coming out of the bar oh, I but know. I like the fact that there's, there's red arrows I like there's ATATs in the or whatever the walkers are oh yeah absolutely there's walkers in the distance that they're flying towards that's very cool um, you've got the controversial or that seems to have caused some controversy of Luke's line of the only thing I know for certain is that the Jedi must end yeah which I think you're taking a line from a trailer uh, potentially out of context. Oh, of course they are. Absolutely. So I think, I think it's very difficult to read anything too deep into that. Mm. But if it is the end of the Jedi, it will be the best end of the Jedi ever. It will be amazing. Um, Tell the next movie. I'm really hoping that they're not going to kill Luke in this movie. That would be way too much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. If they're going to systematically bring back characters we love just to kill them on screen. Yeah. Um, plus you need a character to carry over and sadly that can't be Princess Leia anymore do you know what I reckon you will you will snuff it I reckon that's something they're going to go with it I got a feeling it will be it'll but come back as a ghost in the next one I don't think it's needed no oh no it'd be a big shame it'll be a you know oh you never guess what we're going to do we're going to you know it will be a bit of a, it's, it, it's not yeah it wouldn't be needed at all but I think I reckon that's the way they're going to go with it it's I've said it before about Force Awakens that my big disappointment with it is that it took everything I'd invested in the previous three films and told me it was for nothing. Mm. And um, I kind of feel like that would be the... It's like going from Aliens into Alien 3 mm. and then just killing Hicks off like, you know, yeah, it's nothing. And Newt. And Newt. And the Bishop that we'd grown to love over the course of that movie, even if he was ripped in half. Mm. But anyway, speaking of... Harrison Ford coming back to potentially be killed off <laughs> Blade Runner 2049 oh yeah um, again I've got mixed feelings about this and I never sort of came away from well just before we press record the first time we uh, we watched the trailer and I don't think I probably probably watched it but the music did it for me and that, the music's back and that, that kind of Wait, again it's still a bit of emotional pingly pangly Star Wars piano music kind of thing isn't it, it? kind of is a bit it's kind of saxophony kind of jazzy sci-fi really cool music you think going on 
Uh, I love the music. The music was Imagine always. Imagine if you grabbed the wrong Vangelis CD and it was Chariots of Fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that trailer made me excited. Um, it did make me excited. I, I just again, it's kind of like I never came away from Blade Runner feeling like I wanted more. I tell you what, I think again, I'm hoping they won't do. But do you think they will confirm if? Harrison Ford's character is a replicant or not. I'm sure I read something recently where they said that he was never meant to be a replicant, whether it's either in the original novel hmm. or I kind of got the feeling from that that they were maybe hinting that Brian Gosling was a replicant. Yeah, I kind of got that as well, to be honest. Uh, that was the sort of the impression I got from that trailer, which but again, I, you're reading a lot into a trailer. But, but I'm wondering if that, because obviously there's been a lot of speculation over the years, oh, different years, different years, and, and I reckon they are going to finally put they are going to probably. I reckon they are going to say, "What well, course? Yeah, of course he's replicant." You know. I like think that's going to be the big, big misdirection. I think that you're going in thinking that it's Harrison Ford and it's actually going to be Ryan Gosling's the replicant. Uh, yeah, I hope he isn't because that would ruin a lot. It'd be like watching a uh, Usual Suspects too, and then actually saying, "What well, course that's." Um, well, that was the thing with. This is part of the problem with making belated sequels to films that don't need it. Yeah. And even sequels to films now that don't need it, everybody's gearing up for a franchise instead of letting a film sort of stand on its own anymore. It's and like, as we were saying before, about um, Prometheus and all those movies, where you were sort of alien, you had the mystery of the space jockey. That's it. It's, it's never going to live up to what you pictured in your mind. Yeah. To be honest, I never really saw where Blade Runner could go into a sequel. I know there's been several books, and I was tempted to read one at one point, but just... I didn't care <laughs> but the trailer looks really visually nice mm. it looked a little bit at times like somebody's gone these were cool in Blade Runner oh yeah those, those. it looks a little bit too engineered there was something in the original Blade Runner like the rooms all seemed to have pipes going through them and yeah it looked a bit dirty and it was uh, what was the Mississian Blade Runner was it like did they have it wasn't it like San Tokyo or something like that isn't that Big Hero 6 it's similar but I thought they were very similar I can't remember if they actually say a city or not or is it just Los Angeles I don't know I honestly can't remember it's been so long since I watched Blade Runner and I can't remember which version I watched last because there's a million different versions of that (laughs) but it's sort of I don't know I'm excited and I'll give it a try but I just I don't know and again if it's going to be you'll just bring back Deckard to kill him Mm -hmm. do we really need that is this Harrison Ford's thing? I will come back to films I previously starred in, but only if you kill me off. I'm going to ruin all of your childhoods. <laughs> it's just Harrison Ford's like some weird serial killer who's systematically going around killing off all his famous <laughs> characters. The Fugitive 2! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't murder Richard Kimball! <laughs> but yeah. But no, it looks a little bit clean at times, and the big Atari thing kind of felt a little bit on the nose. Yeah. I, I like the massive big woman hologram prostitute thingy. That was really cool. That was very cool. Sort of doing the ET finger touch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, again, we're going based on a first sort of full trailer, which is very little to go on. Um, Jared Leto looks kind of cool, but I'm still kind of burnt from his joke. Mm. <laughs> After the Suicide Squad, I'm a little bit like, mm, fucking Jared Leto. Um, Dave Bautista looks interesting. Yeah, absolutely. See, I still looking at the trailer. I'm wondering if they CGI'd him slightly. His body, his head looks a little bit smaller on his body. I think that's just years of wrestling. Yeah, but possibly they might have padded him out a bit, or it might just be the angle because 
Do you remember the first picture they released of Tom Hardy's Bane? Where it was him sort of hunched over from behind. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it looked like he was huge. Yeah. So I think it might sort of be an optical illusion and based on his stance and how he was shot. But you got that, you got... That's potentially another thing with this film, is that Harrison Ford was probably the biggest name in Blade Runner. Hmm. Certainly no, at the time. I mean, Rutger Hauer, we all know now, mainly thanks to Blade Runner. Mm. And the same with, um... Not Sean Penn, um... Uh, Sean Young. Sean Young, yeah. Yeah, Sean Penn was... A man. <laughs> a man. <laughs> That's how good he is an actor. <laughs> That'd be the thing. Years to come, you'll find out that Sean Young and Sean Penn were the same person. <laughs> I don't see sexes when it comes to Sean's. I'm not Seanist. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so I don't know it's, it's interesting but yeah difficult to go on based on a trailer because we all know how horribly misleading trailers are and the last sort of trailer that caught my eye was the Red Band trailer for Blade uh, Baywatch <laughs> yeah <laughs> when you said we talk about Baywatch I was like oh really and then I watched the trailer it actually looks very funny <laughs> It does. It's one of those things. That's kind of, I'm guessing it got greenlit off the back of Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah, that's got to be the reason for and it. Chips and all those. Although elements. Chips did badly. <laughs> yeah, I've not seen it. I've not seen it, and it could be a case of this is like all the funny jokes in the trailer again because mm. it's been about twelve minutes worth of trailers. Mm. So, but it does look quite amusing, and I've kind of got a soft spot for the first couple of series of Baywatch. Okay. First series in particular I watched on YouTube. It's actually a lot better than I remember it being. Mm. It was sort of the second year where they sort of played it more up a bit. It was Baywatch Nights, wasn't it? Uh, Baywatch Nights, yeah, and then Baywatch Hawaii. And... Was that? But it's very much a piece of its time. I Baywatch think... Los Angeles, Baywatch New York. <laughs> Baywatch Miami, yeah. Um, yeah, it's certainly our age, Baywatch was a major thing when we were kids. Mm. I think everybody watched at least the first series on a Saturday night because it was fuck all on on a Saturday night for one. No, slow motion boobs, that's the only reason people watched it. Um, and that too, I mean, let's, let's not beat around the bush. As it were, we were a gentleman of a certain age yeah. that that programme was designed to appeal to. And you know, Pretty the hot for the ladies. The bush. You're welcome, ladies. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it looks, I mean, I like The Rock. I have nothing really against Zac Efron. Yeah. I've, I, I I've seen him in films that he's very good in, but... I, again, I think the danger is that they would put too much in the trailers, but it does look very funny and quite witty, so yeah, I'd probably go and see it. It does. I mean, there's been a few clips of the thing we're in the police station with the we were in lifeguard pursuit. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. Except there's no fucking thing as Um But yeah, and there were some funny gags in it. You know, the, I'm Matt Brody, and absolutely no fucks were given. <laughs> But, yeah, it's, it's either going to be a really enjoyable hour and a half or it's going to be a really long, tedious two hours. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on which way they go with the running time. Do you reckon it's going to end, it's going to end with some kind of Police Academy-esque race on the jet, um, chase or jet skis, isn't it? Well, one of the clearest Baywatch memories I have from later on is, like, late 90s, just catching the end of an episode that basically ended with them just having some kind of competition to carry something into the sea or something mm. it's kind of that's how I want to see it end just a really corny 90s TV kind of ending where they're just like oh yeah I will race you motherfucker <laughs> but 
yeah, it's sort of out of our usual nerd zone, but we did the It trailer last time, so we thought we'd mm. balance with some comedy this time. Although there was a new It trailer dropped as well, but it wasn't as good. Okay. Right, I'm going to segue in an idea. Uh oh. Okay, this is, I was thinking, this is actually, you'll see, there's actually a connection here. They watch Com? No. Come <laughs> well. So I was saying, I had a, it was almost like, I think I was driving and it just dawned on me, a really good idea for a convention, a convention theme, right? Um, I'd certainly do it. But obviously, it wouldn't be something that you know people like us would be able to organise because they were not in America, and B, it would be way too much money. But wouldn't it be really challenge cool accepted <laughs> to do? That's what you said before we ran a comic con. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, <laughs> we'd never be able to do it. But <laughs> wouldn't it really be really cool to have some kind of retro nineteen eighties con? I'm not using the word comic. This convention, basically, where you get all the really big stars. And you just get them to sit at tables, and you just get you know you get to them at this convention. People like um, like St- Scott Bakula. Um, I'd say he's still a bit big. Do you see what I mean? Um, you well, had Scott Bakula's still a bit big. He's got an NCIS series, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, Lee Majors. Is he still alive? Yes, he's still alive. I checked before I came to <laughs> sure. Good because you have that "is he still alive" argument, and then they yeah. die the next day. Yeah. So um, you know, uh, maybe Dirk uh, Benedict, whatever his face yeah. is. That, that kind of you know um, MacGyver is he still alive? he is MacGyver I'm kind of gutted now that the guy that played Manimal's dead because that would have been amazing yeah Street uh, oh, Auto Man yeah um, have you seen hang on I'm just showing Stuart a, a picture hang on <laughs> do you know who this is hang on hang on I fell for this before and it was a picture of Will Scroton yeah <laughs> This isn't a Richard Scroton. Hang on there. That would be very cool. I've often thought of like a nostalgia <laughs> cop. This is not my, my, my Scroton. Well, that'd be very cool. <laughs> Hang on. Um, It'd make a refreshing change. That's not going to be able to find it very easily. Oh, my God. That's no, I've always thought like a nostalgia con would be really cool. Where it is just stuff from your childhood. Unless you've already seen this. Who's that? That fucking Nick Nolte. No, it's not. It looks like him. Basically, it's an old guy in a sofa with one leg, and he's looking. For... It's not Nick Nolte. Who is it? I honestly don't know. Do you want to zoom in on the face? It's also this is great for audio. All... Yeah, it is. That Dirk Benedict. No. Okay, I'm out then. That is Stringfellow Hawk from from um, um, Airwolf. Really? Yeah. Jesus. Alcoholism gave him diabetes and lost a leg. Ah. I kind of feel like we've had a fun game at his expense. Sorry, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, no, a nostalgia can't be very cool, but I just, you know. But we couldn't do it, obviously. One, one, person's, one person's nostalgia is but, somebody yeah, else's I mean, shit. Who else would you have? I mean, you know, properly. Oh, because it's like Billy from the Gremlins is going to be a Gloucester Comic Con. Yeah, let's plug them. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, Billy from Gremlins and Gremlins 2 and uh, that's it was he there first whatever film you're thinking he was in it's probably Ralph Macchio and you've got the two of them confused because that seemed to happen a lot <laughs> back in the day yeah you know anyone from the Goonies of old Chunk the guy who played Chunk's dead isn't he no he's a lawyer no, not Chunk a sloth yeah quite possibly um, yeah no a Nostalgicon would be cool Tom but... Selleck still big admittedly massively big and a Republican, so yeah. Although not a Trump supporter, like certain childhood icons. King <laughs> <laughs> King. Yeah. He wasn't in the nineties, eighties, was it? Anyway, he was in the nineties, but but yeah. So no, that would be 
That would be interesting. Al from Quantum Leap, whatever his face was. Dean Stockwell. Dean Stockwell, he'd be amazing. Alf from Alf. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like an Alf prop. <laughs> I could probably get an Orco from somewhere. <laughs> Gloucester Comic Con, bringing you nothing but quality. <laughs> Fuck Gloucester Comic Con. That's staying in. I'm not editing that out this week. <laughs> Fuck them. Fuck them. And if they want to reply, we're just banned from their Facebook page. <laughs> well, like they banned me from their Facebook exactly. page. Um, yeah, so anyway. Sorry. Should we, we move on to some nerd news? Okay. Nerd news. Um, not been a lot coming. Can we get a jingle machine? We should do it. A little xylophone. We should. We should. Down, down, down. I've got a Super Mario thing somewhere that goes. Do, 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 do. <laughs> That's the power copyrighted there. Probably. It's probably not long enough to copyright. I don't know, let's not draw attention to it. Like my penis. <laughs> well, you couldn't even get the C on, let alone the circle around it. <laughs> anyway. Uh, that was a lipstick mark. Yeah, there's not really been a lot of sort of comics news beyond fucking dumbasses burning free copies of Secret Empire, which I'm not going to give any press to. Because mm. they're fucking stupid. But yeah, um, there's been some cool TV news though, so... Judge Dredd's getting his own TV oh, series. I read that. We're reading about that today. I'm very excited about that. It's sadly not going to be the Carl Urban Netflix series everybody was hoping for, but yeah. if it's in that sort of... Is it live action or anime? Is that been confirmed? It's not been confirmed. I think everything I've read sort of implies it's live action, mm. which would be interesting, but potentially expensive. Mm. Um, Cause, although, uh, although Dredd did it on a budget. Mm. But if it's in sort of keeping with that kind of feel mm. of Dredd, then I can give it some leeway. It's like everybody this year was sort of complaining about the shoddy um, CGI effects in The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. And they were fucking shoddy, but they deliver on a weekly basis on the practical effects that I don't see the point in giving them shit over the CGI. You can see where the money's going. Hmm. So why fucking mock them because they had a really bad blue screen or whatever? Plus this TV, you kind of accept it, don't you? <laughs> I mean, we grew up in the 90s where there was horrible, horrible, horrible blue screens for Superman flying. Oh, absolutely. Or we grew up in the age of Superman 4 where they just used the same shot of Superman flying over and over and (laughs) over again. But, um, yeah, no, it's it's interesting. Like I say, if they stay true to the comic and go more the Dread route than the Sylvester Stallone Judge Dread route, Mm. if he takes his helmet off in the first episode, they've fucked it. Mm. So it'd be interesting to see how they're going to do it as well. Maybe it could be more of like a Mega City One thing, you know, just like more of a, more of a you know, more so less City. focused on Dread, more. Yeah, well, obviously Dread would be in it, but it more kind of what's gone. Because I'd like to see, uh, you know, not a. I, I don't think it, I'd like to see a villain of the of the week. Or I don't think it would work as a villain of the week. I think you'd have to start adapting or I'm looking at a way of adapting stories. But you know, I mean, I, I don't feel I have the money, but I'd love to see like the ABC Warriors make a make a, um, yeah. an appearance or you know that kind of, or even you know or, or just death and you know that kind of thing yeah and what were the ones that lived out in the wasteland that had, you had like the one with the male head and oh you mean um, the thing machine um, completely gone from my fucking head I want to say mean the, machine but it was mean machine, was mean it? machine the guy with the dial on his head yeah the, the, the family the redneck family yeah the, to be the fair car. to that Judge Dredd movie he was really well done at his look mm. not Judge Dredd the meme machine his look was really well done it was just they fucked everything else mm. but there was very little to redeem that film but no it, Double whammy. it could be interesting like I say I'm not sure 
I hope it has a longevity, but I'm not sure about it. I've always said that TV is sort of the best place for comic book kind of things. They've not got the money, but they can do the stories better. Because mm-hmm. you can have a proper arc, whereas in a film you sort of have to rush everything to get it into two hours. Yeah, absolutely. But, but yeah, it'd be cool. I quite like... Part of me quite like a 2080 anthology sort of series rather than just focusing on Dread. Yeah. That you also focus on like Sloan and there's a lot of other cool characters in 2080. But but yeah, no. It's, I mean, everything's speculation at this point. We don't even know who's playing Dread or what it's going to focus on, whether it'll focus on the IDW stories or whether it'll take stuff from the actual. It, it could just comic. end up being some kind of sci-fi cop drama, couldn't it? Yeah, which would be quite cool. It'd be very grungy and very rough and very kind and of gritty and grit, yeah, sort of anti-establishment. It's sort of the right time for it because yeah, with not to get political, but with Trump and Brexit and mm. a Tory government that nobody really seems to be behind, <laughs> it's sort of the right time for Dread to make a impact on something beyond the comics. I mean. Mm. But yeah, but no, I think it's very cool news and it's a step in the right direction. I mean, I know some people are sort of arguing that we're getting too many comic book movies and TV series now, but I think if they're done well, there's no such thing as too much. Mm. I mean, you could argue there's too many comics. <laughs> yeah. It's the way of the future. But it could work. I, don't, I mean, we don't even know if a network's picked it up, a production company's developed it, but it's not. Oh right. To the best of my knowledge, it's not got a network or anything yet. Whether it be a Netflix or an Amazon or a yeah, God forbid, actual proper television. Nothing against Netflix or Amazon, as I mm. love them both. Mm. Um, but yeah, and on that as well, we're also apparently getting a Deadpool animated series. Good two shirts from uh, Donald Glover. It was really good in *Lethal Weapon*. Yes, yes, that's Donald Glover. Ah, okay. Um, I don't know. It's interesting you sort of your feelings of Dead, the Deadpool movie changed second viewing didn't it oh yeah it's just yeah it, it's just, I enjoyed it the first time but it's just one of those gimmick things really I, I'm not a Deadpool fan no I mean I'm honest. not a fan of the Deadpool comics because I've never really read the Deadpool comics but I enjoyed the movie both times and I've enjoyed him when he's popped up in when he was in Ultimate Spider-Man I thought it was really well done considering you were doing a very adult character on a kid level mm. I thought they did that really well. Um, I don't know if there's a need for a Deadpool animated series. I mean, Again, it's popular, so they'll do it because it'll big people want to watch it. Unless he's popular. Yeah, I mean it's Donald Glover who does good stuff. It's good in *Lethal Weapon*. It was good in *Lethal Weapon*. Yeah, he's getting too old for this shit. Mm. But but oh, you could get um, Abed to play Deadpool. Oh, that'd be amazing. So I can't imagine you'll get Ryan Reynolds. As, mm. as much as people sort of like you know put the two together as one but um, yeah it's it's interesting um, I again like the Dread one interested to see where they go with it but reserving judgement part of me thinks it's just going to be a superhero version of Family Guy yeah lots yeah. of cut away to remember when kind of things yeah, but breaking, yeah breaking the, the wall and everything like that but yeah, so that's cool. And returning shows, Agents of Shield's been picked up for season five, which I don't know if you ever stuck with Agents of Shield. No, afraid not. But this last series has been really good. 
And to be fair, they've all been really good. It sort of waned a little bit in the first season when it sort of failed to find its ground, but once yeah. Shield fell. I, I finished. Um, when, did I, when did I start watching? Um, where. Is it Simmons or the other one fell into the the the, the, the rock the swimming rocky black thing? Yeah, that was in the series three, end of season two, I think. Oh really? Oh, I think if I remember it. rightly, yeah, because yeah, that had to do with the hive and that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's coming back for a fifth year, which I'm glad about because I kind of feel like it's a show that's getting a really bad rap, mm. undeservedly. Um, and you know, if we can't have any more Agent Carter, I don't know whether it's going to tie in with the Inhumans TV series that's coming. Okay, but or whether that'll end up going the way of Agent Carr as well. Yeah. Um, Did you ever sit with Gotham? I watched the first two series. The third series hasn't been on telly yet. So. Okay, so yeah, you have. Um, although I'm, I realised the other day that it's not been back on telly yet, and I've not really given a shit. Mm. My thing with Gotham was that I wanted it to be like Gotham Knights, the comic. I wanted mm. it to be set in the world where Batman already exists, but Batman's not a character in it. Mm. He's referenced maybe occasionally you see a fleeting glimpse of a cape but it focuses on the cops that have to clean up after Batman or mm. deal with the crimes that Batman doesn't deal with that's what I wanted from that show and what I got was Smallville the problem with that kind of TV show that you've just described is people only watch it to get a glimpse of Batman but I get the feeling that people are only watching Gotham now because it's going to be like ooh this week it's Mr Freeze ooh it's the yeah, yeah, absolutely. and it's not earning the right to put that in Yeah. whereas at least if it existed in a world where Batman already existed it could build up to earning the right to yeah my theory with Gotham is that I had this theory with Smallville that the last shot of Smallville would be Clark Kent ripping open his shirt and it'd be the Superman symbol and that'd be how it ended mm. which is pretty much exactly how Smallville ended my theory for Gotham is that it'll be... Is that the first time you see the Superman symbol then, is it? Uh, the actual proper on-his-chest yeah. mm-hmm. classic Superman ripping open his shirt kind of thing. Um, my theory with Gotham will be that it'll end... The last shot will be Jim Gordon stood on the roof with the bat signal going mm. and instead of the big reveal finally being Batman, it'll be Jim Gordon turns around and reveals his moustache. <laughs> yeah. And then it ends. It's like this whole, however many years it runs, the arc will be building up to him getting his moustache. Oh, yeah, okay, I like that a lot. Like a proper fucking full-on Tom Selleck, Burt Reynolds kind of. <laughs> and he's just a wink to the camera. Or maybe just as a sneaky sort of run his fingers through the <laughs> moustache kind of thing. Like, what's his face on Dragon's Den always used to do. <laughs> but, and sort of away from comics, but really excited because it's, a really kind of nerdy show is that the Goldbergs is coming back for two more years yeah which uh, the, I'm starting to go through the Goldbergs the Goldbergs is rapidly becoming my new favourite mm. comedy series that's still running um, yeah I love it absolutely love it well I, I'm slowly I'm about three quarters away through the first series at the moment so I'm starting to because I adore Parks and Rec but it's kind of getting that thing now that Community had Mm. where for a little while there was a small little niche group of us that liked community and there was a small little niche group of us that liked 30 Rock there was a short small little 30 Rock's kind of still in that niche group yeah and Parks and Rec is coming out a bit more where you start going online and people are quoting it well yeah <laughs> and that kind of kills anything for me it's like, I get it you've seen Parks and Rec yeah, you've seen community shut the fuck up yeah. <laughs> but that's the kind of moustache Gordon Sharp just a Ron Swanson, Ron Swanson. Yeah. 
I was gutted when I found out for the first couple of years that moustache wasn't real. Yeah. It was devastating. It's like finding out Sean Connery was bold for most of the Bond films. <laughs> but anyway, enough about male facial hair and follicles. Aww. I know, I know. Uh, there was some film news as well. Just a little bit. Not a huge amount, but Hellboy 3 isn't happening. Oh, okay. Uh, it's getting rebooted without Del Toro and Ron Perlman. Mm. Apparently it's going to be Neil Marshall who did Dog Soldiers and The Descent. Which two films I really like. The Descent. I don't know if I've seen the, Descent. Descent's one of those films. I'm glad I watched it once. Yeah. I never want to watch it again. Okay. It is properly creepy as shit. But Dog Soldiers I really enjoyed. We love Dog Soldiers. Um, that was one we rented from the video shop. A video yeah. shop, kids, was where you went when you couldn't stream movies. It was like streaming movies, except you had to get off your ass and walk up to a shop like and a, get it. A physical Netflix. Bizarre when you talk about it. Like that. Yeah. God, I miss video shops, but that's a story for another time. But yeah, and um, apparently I have David Harbour in it. It was in Stranger Things and Quantum of Solace and Equalizer. It mm. kind of looked. He's got that sort of Ron Perlman-esque sort of chin. So big guy. Yeah. But I mean, you can do a lot. To be fair, Hellboy looked like Ted Danson anyway. He did. <laughs> I ruined that film for a guy I worked with once. He was like, was it good? I was like, yeah, except once it got it in my head that he looked like Ted Danson. He was like, yeah, I can't fucking watch that now. Um, so yeah, that could be interesting. I I like the Del Toro Hellboy films, but they're not films I go back to and rewatch a lot. I like the first one. The second one's good, but again, the first is one I could watch quite a bit. Yeah, again, I sort of it's one of those films where I've got no real enthusiasm to watch it but I'll catch it on telly and find that I've watched mm. the rest of it it's, I rarely kind of be like I'm in the mood to go back and watch Hellboy again mm. um, it's one of those films so I mean I've got no real I'd love to have seen at least Del Toro get a trilogy out of that but I'm not losing sleep over it not being Del Toro and I'm interested to see where they go with it mm. sort of what direction they take it in and apparently Mike Mignola's on board with this new direction so mm. that's something and the other news is again sort of based on a comic that was based on a novel uh, Edge of Tomorrow 2 okay yeah or All You Need Is Kill as the book and graphic novel were called uh, it's getting a sequel uh, Emily Blunt will be back with Tom Cruise and Doug Lyman and it's going to be called Live, Die, Repeat and Repeat Sounds okay. It's like a shampoo. It's just fucking awful. Yeah. Rinse and repeat. And so the first one, it said on there, you know, live, die, repeat, whatever. It didn't live, die, repeat was the tagline. The first one went through three fucking names. Yeah. You had all you need is kill, which is a name I really liked. Oh, no. But they were like nobody will get it. Then they changed it to Edge of Tomorrow, which everybody said sounded like a soap opera, but I kind of liked it. Yeah because it was one of those things like Quantum Solace that nobody really got what the title meant mm. I always read it that Tom Cruise is always on the edge of tomorrow yeah but he doesn't ever get to tomorrow because he dies and then relives they should have called it Cruise Hog Day yeah, Cruise Hog Day mm. or, or Tomorrow Never Dies yeah <laughs> that's awesome Tomorrow Never Dies <laughs> but yeah and then when they released it on Blu-ray it came out as Live, Die, Repeat colon Edge of Tomorrow mm. And now they've gone because apparently that's a better title, yeah. which just it constantly puts in my head that eat, sleep, break, repeat fucking song. No, absolutely. That I fucking despise. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed the first one. I, I loved the first one. It was. I saw that being filmed. You did, yeah, because you texted me to ask what it was, and mm. I was like, wait, 
properly going to be all you need is killing so, you that's a stupid fucking name I, I've got Tom Cruise in front of me you just got a helicopter in the middle of London <laughs> what's that likely to be? <laughs> Blue Thunder Top Gun <laughs> 2 <laughs> but yeah no I the first one was genuinely surprising it was sort of I know it's based on a book mm. or based on a comic based on a book but which is why it can't go on my comic book movie shelf Really? My comic book movies have... The original source has to have been a comic book. It can't be a comic book that was adapted from a novel. So Mort, if they made a film of Mort, there is a comic of Mort, but it was a novel originally. I see. I'm very particular. Uh, Fucking loony. (laughs) Pity my wife. (laughs) But yeah, no, it was sort of genuinely a surprising sort of film, and although not an original movie it wasn't although it based, was based on a pre-existing property hmm. it wasn't based on a well-known pre-existing property there's not really been anything sort of unique that's captured the zeitgeist since like Independence Day Matrix that weren't sort of based on anything that really sort of everything that's big now that's huge is based on a pre-existing thing Edge of Tomorrow sort of felt like taken a risk on something sci-fi mm. and it worked but I just nobody went to watch it <laughs> I'm surprised it got a sequel to be fair yeah and was, it, was it really a flop I don't think it was a flop I think it did a lot better on Blu-ray I think the constant name changes confused a lot of people yeah but um, it did it did well enough to get a sequel which I mean even the Ghostbusters remake didn't do well enough to get a sequel and that did relatively big business yeah but um but yeah the other question is does it need a sequel but let's wait and see what they come up with first yeah absolutely it is kind of that I still gotta watch it building because it did feel like it had an end yeah because what's he gonna do get infected with the blood again and well, something's going to happen. They're probably going to have to, you know, because of that pre-knowledge. That something's going to, you know, that they need to go back in time and redo it. They probably have to try to get infected with the blood again. Yeah, it's whether it becomes Independence Day resurgence, kind of. You're just replaying the same shit for the sake of it to mm. make another movie. I got faith that they've got a story. Tom Cruise strikes me as the kind of person who wouldn't do a film like that unless there was a story there. Mm. I don't think he's ever done a sort of needless sequel. I think outside of Mission Impossible, I don't think he's ever done sequels, has he? Jack Reacher. Oh yeah, I've not seen the sequel to that yet. It's all right. It's not as good as the first one, but it's all right. I mean, I quite like Tom Cruise, so that helps. But yeah, so anyway, like I said, there was very little comics news, but there were a couple of Kickstarters that came out, which was Human Beings number two and Unfamiliar Skies number two, have both dropped on Kickstarter. So if you go on Kickstarter and search Human Beings and Unfamiliar Skies, they should come up that way. Um, really liked the first issues of both of those so well worth checking out and um, you can also find links on our website in the uh, Kickstarter sidebar uh, there's a few there worth checking out I know you can't back them all but give them a look like Pokemon like Pokemon gotta back them all um, and then yeah it's just a little bit of True Believers news which there isn't a lot um, Rachel Smith is coming back to True Believers Yay. 2018 good Rachel so we, we like to bring people back yeah we like we like Rachel so she can come back yeah and plus I said on another pod on the Awesome Comics podcast that 
you know, I liked her stuff so much that if she ever needed a loan, I'd give her a loan, and I'm not in a position to give her a loan, so this is <laughs> appeasing the beast. <laughs> she just wants you to leave her alone, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's cool, and it, like I say, it's like we're very much. We always said Trubly was going to sound Fast and Furious now, but we've always said it's like family. Mm. So it's always nice to bring people back. And, you know, their guests, people like them. And it's nice to get keep bringing people back that people like to see. Yeah, absolutely. But, and it's not, not, we're not saying if you're not invited back, you, people don't want to see you. No, you know? no, it's, it's that unfortunate thing that we can't invite everybody back. But, mm. but yeah... Um, so there's that um, summer variant tickets are still on sale uh, just £5 under 12s go free uh, at least a pound from every ticket we sell for that is going to the Lecampton Court Sue Rider Hospice so it's a great event that supports a great charity um, again it's not really a guest event that one the Etherington Brothers are coming up who are fantastic yeah they're ace all ages nice comics. guys as well yeah and so full of energy that I get exhausted just reading their name. Mm. That's how much energy they've got. <laughs> Things is quite hard to pronounce. Yeah, and we got a lot of small press people coming back again. Um, some, most of them have been at True Believers before, but they should all have new stuff come. Well, most of them have got new stuff coming as well. Um, artists, actual people selling back issue comics, which is also rare to find at a Comic Con these days. Yeah. Um, so we've got that. So that's going to be good. And. Um, and something different as well because we're doing it at Blackfriars instead of the race course so we're in Gloucester so we're in Gloucester um, in the summer so something to do with the kids we're going to have workshops panels that sort of thing all the stuff you love from True Believers just on a, smaller, on a smaller scale um, be interesting to see how it works on a smaller scale yeah it will be um, probably easier to run <laughs> probably yeah <laughs> well less distance to run yeah it's true it's the one thing about True Believers is if I'm in reception and there's a problem in the cosplay thing I'll go up the stairs <laughs> run that long corridor maybe we can get the talkie talkies to work this time I don't think that'll happen I think they just interfered with everything yeah. <laughs> um, and then just obviously tickets for True Believers 2018 are available as well but we're really pushing the summer event at the minute but you're more than welcome to buy tickets to both in fact we highly 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 recommend it um if you're one of those people that loves Comic-Cons and gets frustrated that all the Comic-Cons you go to have very little comics at them, we're one of the few that are really focused on comics. We're not 100% comics. We have the cosplay stuff still. We have the people selling toys and Funko Pops because we know people like them. And fuck it, I like some of the Funko Pops. I'm guilty of buying mm. them as much as most people are. Um, and I like the merchandise and all that shit. Who doesn't like a really cool figure on their shelf? so we've got that we do the people that make their own jewellery we've got a few tables of that not as many as we had before but, <laughs> but no it's very much about people creating stuff is our main driving focus that is our primary focus and our largest focus the largest amount of tables we allot is to small press so if you're bored of the current state of the big comics there's so much fantastic stuff you can find on the small press tables um lots of cool art you can find there both on the small press tables and the artist tables uh, I believe there's some about a zoot that does some cool art prints nah I can ignore him it's not really worth yeah, it I probably would as well and to be fair the guy behind the table isn't even in that's <laughs> true it's called I am zoot ironically <laughs> um, but yeah and then on our Facebook page this year we're really about 
getting people out and creating stuff so we've set up the draw something sunday thing on our website which, which i still haven't participated in it i know i'm shocked i, I do know. it every week i'm forced myself to draw something every week i did a agent dale cooper this week from twin peaks oh, but um don't know if i saw that but yeah and then we collect them all up and put them in an album so that they're on there so there's a nice online facebook gallery as well of everything that's been done so far it's been going really well it's mm. doing better than the on a wednesday we do a what you're reading wednesday where we get you to tell us what books you've been reading and whether you'd recommend them which the last couple of weeks has just been me doing it but it's it's going to be swings and roundabouts with things like that the one i'm really excited about though is that the draw something sunday is doing um we put a, we changed the banner on the page so you know that it's going on uh we've got a new banner now a uh, bob ross inspired banner yeah it's fantastic um practice the original right here so it's 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 worth checking out it's true believer man with a big bob ross thing i was going to put the beard on him but i thought that was too much yeah you don't need the beard um but it's lots of happy trees i know i just noticed there's a batman in there yeah i just noticed they had to sneak a batman in there yeah um, but yeah so we've got those running so keep an eye up on those on the Facebook page uh, check out our website as well you can sign up to the mailing list where we keep you up to date with everything and that's pretty much it news wise unless you've got anything you want to add um, I don't think so cool then we will now go to the Transformers panel from Drew Believers 2018 which uh, featured uh, Andrew Wildman Jack Lawrence and John Paul Bove with me moderating sorry about that um, yeah, and they sort of talk about like the Marvel comics and their work in their work with Transformers in comics and that sort of thing. So that's worth a listen. And then when we come back, we are going to be talking kids cartoons. Yeah. So we will be come straight back here after the panel, which we are going to now. Okay. Um, welcome to the Transformers panel. Um, I'll let the guests introduce themselves. So, from the end, we've got we've got <laughs> uh, Andrew Wildman. Yep, that's me. Um, I've drawn lots of Transformers. That's why I'm here. Uh, hopefully, you kind of know that. Yeah, um, I don't draw comics anymore, but um, but I like doing conventions because Transformers has been really good to me, and it, it keeps going and going and going. Who'd have thought after all these years? Um, so that's why I'm here. My name's Simon Furman. No, uh, my name's uh, John Paul Bovey. I'm a, uh, primarily a colourist uh, doing Transformers, including um, the colouring up of some of the... <laughs> colouring of um, uh, the part work that is, might be uh, advertised uh, there. Um, so we've done stuff for IDW as well, and that's it really. Uh, I'm this is really low, isn't it? Yes. I'm short. So. Uh, I'm Jack Lawrence. I'm the artist, current artist on uh, IDW's Lost Light, which is the um, follow-on from More Than Meets the Eye. Uh, as it stands at the moment, I'm on my second. Well, not, I'm on my fourth issue, but the second issue has just come out. And as it stands at the moment, I'm both loved and very much hated. Uh, so we'll see how that pans out uh, in the coming months, uh, which will be which would dictate whether I'm on this panel next year or not, probably. Uh, that's me. Yes, splendid. <laughs> I'm still around. You'll be all right, Jack. Don't worry. Well, I don't know. <laughs> There's all sorts of assassinations at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's a dark turn to take. <laughs> yeah, it's not true. So, um, I guess to kick it off, 
where your love of Transformers began, whether it started as just a job or whether you did have a start for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll start then. <laughs> Going back in time, um, my love for Transformers started quite a long time after I started drawing it. Um, I was asked to do Transformers purely because I was working for Marvel UK doing Thundercats. Um, and I went into the, the Marvel UK offices wherever they were back then. I can't even remember whether. Arundel Street in London. And um, t- to deliver some Thunder, Thundercats pages. And um, Steve White was the editor. <clears throat> he's still around in comics. And um, he's doing the artworks. Uh, yeah, anyway, so I delivered these Thundercats pages. And the, the, the editor that was sitting next to Steve White said, was kind of looking at my work, and he said, well, I need somebody to draw some stuff on the comic that I'm editing. Would you be interested? And I said, well, what is it? And he said, Transformers. And I was like, what is Transformers? I had no, I had no idea what it was at all. Um, and so he showed me the, the current work that was being done and explained what it was. And I, I really wasn't interested because I didn't want to do Transformers. My... I enjoyed doing Thundercats because I, I was on a mission to gradually work my way towards doing superheroes for Marvel US. That was the whole point. You know, I'd grown up with Spider-Man and the Avengers and all that stuff. Uh, not grown up as in lived in the same house as the Avengers and Spider-Man. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so, but I said yes because I was a free, you know, I was young, freelancer, got a young family to, to feed. So I said, yeah, okay, I'll do that. So I just did it as a job of work. Um, but I got on so well working with Simon, who was the editor and the writer, and then when he started writing the American book, um, I was just constantly looking for work. But it was still the same thing. It was still me plotting a course ruthlessly to get to do superhero books for Marvel US. So when they asked me if I, if I would do, be interested in doing the Transformers book for Marvel US... It was a yes, but the yes came not because I love Transformers, but purely because it would mean that then I would kind of open my account with Marvel US. Um, so I did Transformers stuff for, for Marvel US. And it was during that run, that year run, that was the final run of the Marvel US Transformers book, that I did. I absolutely fell in love with the book because we had, unlike the UK stuff, where there were very short stories, probably long-form stories, Overall, but nevertheless, it was only like six pages or whatever. Um, but because the US book was longer, you know, 22 pages, an ongoing story, and that I'd developed a good working relationship with Simon, we could really, really get into the stories we were telling and we would talk about the kind of thing we were going to do. And I felt as though I'd got more creatively invested in it. Um, so I, I really did fall in love with it at that point. And uh, so that when it was finally cancelled, I was, I was more kind of um, upset by the fact that Transformers was cancelled than the fact that the Marvel US book I was working on had got cancelled. Because I thought, well, maybe I know a few people, that would be okay. But I was genuinely sad that the book had kind of reached its end. Because at that point, we didn't know it was going to have all these other incarnations or whatever. So, um, so yeah, it was in that, in that Marvel US run for me. That answered the question, did it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good. There we go. Next. Um, I can't remember a time before Transformers. Um, so for me, I just remember 
an Optimus Prime toy appeared one Christmas, and my brother bought me um, Skywarp, uh, and pretty much that they were just my imagination was lit up even before I think I'd seen the cartoon. Um, the cartoon, for some reason, was was always very sporadic. I never really. I, I do remember it airing on Roland Rat on, on a on a Saturday. That first uh, three episodes, and um, and yeah, and then at some point, uh, issue one hundred and one, I think, was where I first discovered the comic, and that was it. It just completely. Um, I mean, I read a lot of comics. I read X Men, Spider Man, Thundercats, Ghostbusters, all sorts, lots and lots of Marvel UK. But the one that, that absolutely stuck with me, inspired me, and I would spend forever trying to copy drawings from um, uh, from those books um, was Transformers. And uh, it kind of got to the point where my folks said, look, we, we can't afford to buy lots and lots of comics for you. You can only have one comic. Uh, you have to pick one. Um, Transformers was my choice. Um, and... As I said to both Andrew and Simon, when I plucked up enough courage to say hello to them at Bristol Comic Con about 15 years ago, probably, um, that I can still remember reading uh, Transformers uh, and getting to a particular page and being so blown away by something that was happening because Transformers could have just been another tie-in book, you know, that was kind of rubbish and no one really cared about the story. They were just trying to sell sell toys, so, oh, here's Optus Prime, this week he's, I don't know, he's fallen into a mine shaft and discovered a ghost, woo. But it was, um, they actually, you know, it was quite obvious that it was, it, the book was was not talking down to anyone who was reading it, it wasn't designed for children, it wasn't designed to tie in, it was designed actually as a really good piece of science fiction. And I can remember going through the book, and there was just a point where I sat there looking at the pages and I went, oh, one day, one day, I want someone to feel the way I feel right now, reading something that I've written or something that I've worked. I want this feel. I want somebody else to have this feeling. I want to give this feeling back to someone. And that was pretty much. I, I was always drawing. I was always writing, and I always knew I wanted to do something creative. Uh, but that was very much the moment at which something just went click, and I thought, yeah. Um, and so Transformers was was forever going to dominate my destiny I think and then uh, ironically it was um, I met my wife in the comic book shop I used to go pick up my Transformers comics from um, so I have Transformers to thank for quite a lot <laughs> yeah um, can you can you hear me if I'm like this yeah. oh, well, not so much <laughs> do you want me to sign for you yes that would be marvellous um, yeah I'm more like JP than Andy be honest um it was now it was either 84 or 85 which year did we get them 84 what we did actually get them we did get them late 84 okay so, uh, so my brother now i wasn't really into cars when i was a kid i wasn't into cars at all when i was a kid um and my brother got bumblebee and brawn and i got skeletor because <laughs> um, i thought cars not not interested and then a few weeks later uh was my birthday and um we went out, and my, my brother said, I want to look at the Transformers in, at that time. It was a shop called NSS. Um, so I was like, oh, I don't, but they'll have, they'll have He-Man up there, so that's fine. And, we'll go. and uh, we went up and had a look, and um, 
I was expecting more along the lines of Braun and Bumblebee, who I love now, incidentally. But there, were, there was a, a spinner rack, and there was Frenzy and Laserbeak, and I just completely fell head over heels. With Frenzy, I think it was. But then, so I saw Fre- the fantastic illustration of Frenzy. Like, oh, yeah, I, you've, you've kind of got me. And then the fact that it was a Condor, and not like a car or, a, you know, just a straightforward robot. So that was my, you know, with my birthday money, I got that. And that was it. Just never looked back from there. And then... Um, I mean, same with, as with JP. Um, I've, been, I've, I've drawn for my whole uh, existence. Um, and, th- and that was all I was drawing then. It was just Transformers, Transformers, Transformers. And then uh, at about uh, 95, it must have been, uh, I got involved with the um, UK Transformers fan club, which was called TFUK. Um, and we kind of continued... The, the, the Generation 2 comic had finished, and we continued... The, those stories just as just as fanzines um so i was then writing and, and that was where i met um james roberts and nick roach uh and then obviously they're they've been in uh, been doing it professionally for longer than i have so although i i got into the comics industry before they did um back in 2003 um and i kind of got fell into although i wanted i i, I would have loved to have been doing transformers professionally I kind of fell into um, I, I did a, a book that came out from image and and work was coming in and that was taking all of my time you know which is a, a good situation to be in but I never got the time to actually put anything together for IDW when they got that one well, I mean there was devil's due wasn't there and everyone I thought I w- I'll, I'll do something I'll you know I'll do a submission to see if they want to publish it never got the chance to do it until um, I did uh, some I, I, I'd worked on Skylanders at IDW uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, the editor contacted me last year because they needed some inking done on Micronauts. So I did that very quickly for them, and uh, and uh, the editor of that book thanked me and he loved it. I said, "Oh, that's that's." It was John Barber was the editor, um, uh, and he said, "Thank you very much. They're, they're great pages." I said, um, "That that that's brilliant. Glad you like them. I want to do Transformers." Um, and he said uh, yeah James and Nick have mentioned you a lot Um, would you like to do a cover for Sins of the Wreckers so that was an immediate yes thank you very much Um, so I sent him that he loved it and I said um, I want to do I want to put something together a submission package for you so that you can see what I can do sequentially because I really do want to work I want to do something even if it's just a fill-in issue I want to do something Um, and I didn't hear anything so I thought oh well that's you know that's that happens in comics sometimes. I'll just, I, I, was, I, had, I had work on, so it wasn't, wasn't a problem. And then at MCM last May, uh, I was doing a commission for someone and I, I was looking for reference and an email popped up and it was John saying, do you want the first uh, five issues of More Than Meets, the, the new More Than Meets the Eye series? Just out of the blue. Um, so again, it w- wasn't something I needed to think about. Um, just jumped straight on that. Um, and now that... that Five issues has now become, it's going to be six, and that'll be the end of my first arc, but then I'll be doing more as we go on. Um, so, yeah, kind of always obsessed with Transformers, but in a way sort of fell into working on something that I intended to really work hard to work in, um, if that makes sense. Well, I'm not sure it does. Um, yeah, so uh, Transformers obsessed from, from literally day one. Um. Does anybody have any questions? We'll turn it over to that quickly, and then we'll come back to more from this side. 
Don't be shy. <laughs> oh, there, we there we go. There we go. Um, in terms of the comics, have there any been any particular moments that stand out for you that some of your favourites? Either that we've worked on or, or just um, read in somebody else's. Or? me um, I you see when it comes to Transformers I don't read Transformers I don't read comics now at all um, I can't I, I stopped reading comics round about the time that I started working on them I think because <laughs> I didn't have, <laughs> I didn't have time anymore you know there's so much so much artwork to generate when you're a, a comic book artist that I don't know I mean it when I was working for Marvel they used to send through bundles of comics just free because you're on their you know on their list of people that's uh, freelancing for them so i'd i'd probably get a bundle of like i don't know 30 or 40 comic books through a month you know from america and i'd filter through and i'd some i'd keep just because i thought oh i might read that one day or you know i don't know i can sell it or give it to somebody or whatever but at that time i mean this was when are we early 90s there was so much junk. I mean, seriously, there really was a lot of junk. So that would just go straight into the into the recycling, which is kind of sad in a way, but because people had spent a lot of time generating that content. Um, so I didn't read a lot of I didn't read a lot of comics um, of the stuff that I've done. I don't know. I did really enjoy the towards the end of that Marvel US run. Um, and I did really enjoy. I enjoyed Regen, uh, Regeneration One. It was. I, I never. I was never going to do any Transformers books again. But it was. It was a joy actually when it came together the way that it came together, which was that we could tell the story that we wanted to tell, which was untold, you know, unfinished business from back in the day, and then to get JP on board, who we got to know as a friend, but also we knew was going to be great at kind of capturing. The, the way that we wanted it to be to be coloured, it was great to get Baskerville in. You know, it was great. It was it was like <laughs> it's like a a band reunion, one of those kind of old bands getting back together, but with a new drummer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so that was a joy. But I ran out of time on that one really, so I couldn't see it through to the to the very end. So so. And of that regeneration one, the uh, the death of Springer, I will never forgive Simon Furman for. <laughs> but that was that was that was good. And also issue eighty five, I think it was the battle between Prime and Megatron. That was something that we'd waited a long time for, and the way that that Simon kind of brought them together gave me the perfect stage to kind of choreograph something that you know I'd been itching to do for a long time and so that thinking about it now actually since you've asked the question I think that was a standout moment for me I've, I've got an answer uh, I w- <clears throat> excuse me um, I, I, it took me quite a while to really come round to the comics um, I, I collected the, the G1 comics as a kid, um, and I sort of I, I enjoyed them, but it was always the bios on the backs of the boxes that were the, the, the big thing for me. They really fired my imagination. Um, and I kind of... I, 
I don't necessarily look back fondly on the G1 stuff. So it really didn't, didn't really click for me until uh, IDW. And then it didn't really click until James got involved uh, with More Than Meets the Eye. More Than Meets the Eye, I think, that, that very quickly became the only comic I read. I'd stopped reading comics altogether apart from that one because I didn't really need anything else. That gave me everything I needed. Um, and the standout moment still for me... I mean, there's lots of standout moments in that book, but the one for me that still is just... It, it gives me goosebumps every time. And hands up if you know what I'm talking about when I say the standout moment for me is I love you. Not too bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, it did, it did something that um, not only Transformers comics had never done before, but that a lot of comics just don't... Are maybe, I don't know, not too scared to go to, but... We certainly, with the, the genders involved, yeah, a lot of comics are too scared to go there. But even in terms of a, just a, a, a genuine, uh, ironically enough, human uh, emotion uh, is explored in, in such a, a, a brilliant uh, and heartfelt way in that book. Um, and there needs to be more of that just generally, just in life generally, in, in media, in geekdom, just... You know, with your neighbours, it needs to be. There needs to be more of it, and that's that, that's why that's the standout moment for me, because I'm a big old softy. <laughs> um, this is like trying to pick from a thousand things now. Um, I think probably, again, for me as a kid, the there's probably two things. One is the Optimus Prime dying, and the Transformers the movie is still. I still haven't quite got past that, so. Hashtag too soon. Um, and um, I think for me, in the, in the comics, it was, uh, again, I said this before, in terms, a, a lot of the most obvious thing to do if you've got robots is say that robots were built by someone um, and, you know, usually, oh, they ran amok or whatever. And I think the fact that the, car, uh, the comic said it gave them an, uh, sort of a mythological origin was so surprising to me that they went in that direction and then went in directions like actually said... Because a lot of people were complaining, oh, it's, it's why they got to bring gods into it and stuff. But then they kind of made God not brilliant and not especially trustworthy. And you're kind of there going, again, that's really interesting. And it's just a lot of things. There was a lot of surprises and, and unexpected um, uh, uh, things like that. And um, personally, on, on a sort of a separate note, is... is um, being a massive Transformers fan, uh, A, getting to speak to the people really about something that I love a stupendously large amount, um, working with people who have the same level of passion about Transformers as I do, and also getting to work with people who I have admired and, you know, th there was a point I would have been too terrified to even say hello to and to now be able to kind of, you know, manage whole sentences uh, without tripping over myself is, is again, a, another... Um, uh, high point for me. So, sort of, how much freedom did you get, or do you get, when you're drawing them to put your own stamp on? Because obviously they have very distinctive design. I know there's multiple designs of Optimus Prime and that now, but to put sort of your own artistic stamp on creating the character or the colours, or <coughs> yeah, uh, I don't know about colours, but um, <laughs> I'll leave that to you. But um, in terms of artistic freedom, to, I. When I was doing the Marvel US book, by that time, not only Hasbro 
but also Marvel as a publisher have pretty much taken their eye off the book. They, the first time I went over to America, when I was drawing the Transformers book, and I went over to America to meet the editor and get introduced to other editors and all that kind of thing, um, I, I think most of the other editors in the Marvel offices didn't even know that Marvel still did that book. Do we still still do that book? You know, that, that was said more than a couple of times. Um, so their eyes were very tr- well and truly off of it. So we could, we could kind of play about with it a bit, but that said, you need to, you need to kind of respect the characters and the designs that they had to make them look enough like them. By the time, and there were certain points where we, where I made an effort to really make them recognisable. Um, by the time we got to Regeneration One, um, I think. <laughs> I think I've been around long enough that they were just like, yeah, draw it whatever way you want, Walden. It's like <laughs> Optimus Prime. Yeah, you want to draw him like that? That's fine. You know, he's kind of not really one version or the other. But And it's like, well, he is whoever he is. Plus the fact that because Regeneration 1 was set 20-odd years after um, the stuff that we'd done before, and they were back on Cybertron. I mean, these guys had been, you know, been to the repair shop. They'd set, and they'd had a makeover anyway, so we could easily justify that they looked slightly different. So, so I just drew them the way that I wanted to draw them, and, and nobody cared really. Not because they didn't care, but because they just thought, yeah, do that. It's not, it's not wrong. So just run with it. The only thing that when we when we f- finished trans when we finished the Marvel US Transformers. Because essentially it's the same prime that we picked up on in Regeneration 1. So I made him look pretty much the same, but we had to lose the blue forearms because he was a, what was he, action action master. master, And he had blue forearms, which I I kind of thought was quite cool, but it wasn't really very prime. So so we kind of lost those, but that's more your department, really. I I have to tell you that the angry letters I received were, why doesn't he have his blue forearms anymore? Paint. Um, yeah. So, uh, to be honest, the, the uh, like color-wise, normally there's quite a lot of freedom. Which a well, there's two things. One, depending how an artist draws, either gives you freedom or no freedom. So, the the inkier, the more ink someone uses, the less there is space to color. So, <laughs> what you find is if someone uses very heavy inks, then it's like okay, well they've set the light direction. Sometimes they've set it in three directions, which is even more of a challenge. Um, but they've set where the light's coming from, so you kind of have to follow what they're doing. Um, but if someone's got sort of nice open line work, what you find is that it's completely up to you. So you can decide, okay, is it a shiny surface, a rough surface? Uh, you know, is it gleaming like it is in Transformers the movie, or is it kind of flat? You, you know, you've got options. So there's a certain level of freedom that's given to you by the artist... Um, and what I will say is what was quite nice about Regeneration 1 in particular was it was written quite a bit in advance and in the beginning when I came on three or four issues were already kind of in progress and so that first arc there were certain things I'd made choices about um, which was every time Megatron was nearby or even mentioned there'd be a hint of sort of like a blood colour in the sky Um, so by the time, and, and as the series went on, because I knew what the climax was going to be in Prime and Megatron were going to fight, I kind of said, look, what, what I would like is, this is what I was setting up. So none of this is scripted. Was By the time we get to their fight, as, as the issues draw along, the sky is going to get progressively more and more grey. So we're going to head to storm conditions until they actually start fighting, at which point we're going to have lightning. 
because the moment where Prime's there going, you know, holding the thing up and it's like, is this the moment where he's going to kill Megatron? I want there to be no colour in that scene at all. I want it to be a lightning flash and it all be black and white because emotionally that's where Prime is. It's like, this is the most black and white moment he's ever faced. And then I wanted it to rain at the moment where one of them died um, to sell sort of, you know, because obviously they, they can't cry and things like that. But I wanted certain emotions to come across in, in the scene. So the more scope I'm given, because I write as well, that I tend to colour... There's, there's colour theory which kind of says, OK, well, orange and, and green are kind of like contrasty colours, so, you know... Um, but I tend to spend a lot of time thinking, OK, well, what's, what is the person trying to say in this scene? What, what's the emotion? And, in fact, it nearly sort of almost... It kind of got me my, the job doing regen, and it kind of almost lost me the job. Um, because the test page I had was Optimus Prime's... He was still on a balcony looking out across the city and Cup and Ultra Magnus come in and they're trying to talk him into doing something and Prime's completely sort of disinterested in getting involved. And because he's got the city behind him, every every panel that had Prime in, the background was sort of this this kind of this slightly browner colour from outside and every scene everybody else was in was blue um, because that was the room they were in. And... The editor, John Barber, said to me, you know, uh, I can understand, like, certain colour choices, but, like, Prime feels like he's completely removed from the scene. And I said, well, that's what I'm going for. Like, he is emotionally distant. His thinking is distant. So, he, you know, he's back. It makes sense in terms of the scene. That's where he is. But I wanted to help tell the story uh, at the same time as, as so telling it through colour. Now, there are things which may or may not even be picked up on, but they're things which help me. And there's little things like every time you see Hot Rod, he's always got a tiny amount of a blue backlight. There's almost like a slightly messianic blue, you're going to be the guy that gets the Matrix, you're supposed to be the hero thing, um, whenever he appears in um, uh, in Regen. So the little things was kind of like, they were like my cues to kind of go, okay, well this is the, you know, the, the hidden message behind this thing. Um, on the other hand, sometimes you get... Um, books where both the writer and the artist and everybody wants you to do things in in, in a way like this and it becomes very uh, unpleasant because you're sort of trying to second guess three people's thoughts to produce something which you're not even comfortable with Um, that's not an experience I've ever had on on Transformers I've been very lucky with everyone that I've worked with that uh, you know and changes that have been asked for have, have been sensible ones that have made sense to the story or you've done his arms wrong or something um, but no the, 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 um, I'm given as much freedom as, as the, the, my collaborators allow me basically but, but I feel that when I'm given enough uh, rope to hang myself with um, I'll, I'll try and do something that, a bit above and beyond so. I think I'm given um, plenty of freedom I, I'm I, because I'm, I'm, I'm taking over from uh, Alex Milne, and our styles are very different. Alex's designs are, and I love Alex's work, and his designs are very spiky. Um, lots of sharp angles, lots of bits coming off. Uh, we were talking in the, in the pub last night, drawing drift from the back is almost impossible. Um, and my style is much more... Uh, it, it's, it's got a cartoony feel to it. It's softer I'm, I'm I'm more interested in emotion than in um, tanked out badass machines um, 
That said, I'm very much a continuity fan, and uh, and I've worked in animation, so I, I've worked in uh, and and uh, animation licensed books like Turtles and what have you. So I'm very much used to series bibles, and I, uh, I although I haven't got a series bible for Transformers, I I look at everything that happened in the the fantastic five issues prior to Lost Light as the series Bible. That's how the characters looked when we last saw them, therefore that's how they should look while I'm drawing them. There was no way I was going to do any sort of redesigns or anything because it's the next day. <laughs> They're not going to go and... I mean, Ratchet would have a serious job on if he was going to redesign everyone over in that, that Necroworld fortress. Um, it is Necroworld, not Necroworld. Um, so, yeah, so I, I, I wanted to keep that continuity while putting my own style onto it. Um, and I've had no... Uh, no uh, problem from editorial at all, or from James, uh, at all on anything that I've done. There's been some problems from some of the fans. God love them. Um, and just this, although the assassination attempt thing, that was, uh, that was hi- hyperbole. But it was only hyperbole because um, someone just this past week, said, said he's, he's, that's it, he's, start, he's, he's stopping getting lost light. The art is so appalling, and it should be a criminal offence the way I draw Cyclonus. I think that I think perhaps, perhaps there's more important things we should be worrying about at the moment being criminal offences. <coughs> Donald Trump. Um, was that so, a Trump tweet? Uh, well, yes, yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. With his Sad. little tiny hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and I think, I think that that's, I think there is kind of a, an interim period because Alex dictated the look of that book so much um, and now it, it does look quite different. Um, and some people are having a hard time. We're only two issues in. Some people are having a hard time making that jump. But having said that, the majority of people seem to be embracing it. Um, and so far, yeah, there's, there's uh, what, what I'm. But, but, but I think there, there is a self-imposed thing. I, I'm, I'm very. I hate it when, when you have a character look a certain way, and then the next time they turn up, they look completely different. I loathe it. And when, even when that's a stylistic thing, you know, if someone Spider-Man. Uh, can look quite different from artist to artist. It, it irritates me a bit. I think there should be, uh, it sh- even if it's said, wow, I re- I, I'm really glad that I sewed this new costume for myself. I know it's only slightly different to what I was wearing last week, but it is different. <laughs> with actually, I, just, a, just a little note <laughs> with Spider Man, it's interesting you bring that up. Um, I did some Spider Man stuff for Marvel US, and I did Spider Man, and I was quite happy with the way I drew it, drew it. sent it in. And the reply I got back from the, from the editor was, which Spider-Man are you drawing? I was like, well, just like the Marvel Spider-Man? What do you mean? Well, I don't understand the question. He said, are you doing a Ditko Spider-Man or a Ramita Spider-Man? And they did distinguish yeah, yeah. very much the two, and you had to align yourself with one or the other. Yeah, quite um, right. Quite right. So, yeah. But you often don't get those <laughs> guidelines. Yeah. I was just going to say, what's, what's funny, if anybody grew up reading the, the Marvel UK stuff, is the fact that you would have a story that, that each each part of the story might be illustrated by a different artist whose styles might be completely different. Because yeah. if anyone remembers what da- Dan Reed... Um, Dan Reed stuff, would look, they'd look like they were all melting. Um, and then you'd have Andrew, who would sort of give, like, humanised uh, expressions. And then you'd have Jeff Senior, who was almost sort of two-dimensional in a way. And they'd be the same story. And it, so I find it quite funny that, that people are like, oh, I can't, I can't accept the fact that someone hasn't drawn... 
this little spiky bit on someone's shoulder and they're going, they're, Dan Reed! Yeah, well, just go back and look at there Marvel. Is a, there is a massive sense of entitlement now that didn't exist back then. And also the mouthpiece is there. I mean, who knows if, if, if we'd had the interwebs back then. Well, that's true, Perhaps yes. it would have all been... I can't believe Dan Reed has put fangs on flywheels. It's really annoying me. <laughs> <laughs> thing is, is well, I could have all of the forum names just be O1 because I'd be at the beginning of all the forum names I wouldn't have to put disgruntled Transformers fan like 1980, I'd just be O1 because I'd be the first one It'd be brilliant. do you sort of like get much backlash from fans when you do something with Transformers, obviously Jack does but sort of <laughs> they, they seem very passionate I think mm. Yeah, that, um, but that's that's the beauty of it, isn't yeah. it? If it wasn't for their passion, we, we this thing wouldn't still be going. That's the whole point. Yeah. So you have to, as much as sometimes it's confronting to take criticism, um, because we all do. We're we're all confronted by criticism about anything about ourselves in whatever you know area of our life. Um, but that really is just an ex- expression of the passion that they have for this thing, and that and that's what keeps it going. If that wasn't there, then we'd all be doing a very unnoticeable job. <laughs> I, will, I will say that, that there's, there was one instance where, when I first started doing Regeneration 1, um, some people were very much like, oh, it should be done in, in the exact colour style that the old comics were done in, which was never the, the, the intention or the, or the instruction from the start. And I can still remember, you know, early days, is my first, like, long run on anything, and someone put on a forum... Um, Someone, no, no. Someone should get uh, Guido Guido, who'd be doing the um, the covers in the in the retro style. So there was there was something to suit everybody. Uh, someone should get Guido Guido to teach Bove how to colour. You know, when you you sit there, and when you there, there's times you're working, sort of. I, I can remember there were periods of times working 112 hours a week, and the one thing you really love after that, when you have when basically things like going to the loo is considered a treat because it gets you away from the desk. Is to read that on a form you just think, oh, good. Um, and then, because I'm now doing the uh, Transformers part works where I'm colouring stuff to be sympathetic to the time it came from, and someone on a forum said, these aren't being coloured properly. They're being coloured in the dotty style. Uh, and I'm kind of thinking, but this is the opposite. And I think it's that thing of... The, th- the thing I have learned is that actually, you know, found it... Like, you know, I am a fan, but I might have different things I fanish about or love or dislike than Jack. And it's the fandom sometimes thinks it speaks with one voice. And the one thing I've learned as a creator is it doesn't. It speaks in many voices loudly. Um, and that sometimes it's quite hard to filter out because you really, you really do want to do the best you can for the people who are picking up the book because actually it matters as much to me as it does to you. And it's horrible to hear that someone doesn't like something you've done. But you also find yourself having to go, well, actually, there's going to be some people like it and there's some people that don't, and that's just the nature of the beast. The positives you, outweigh the negatives. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it is just literally that thing as the... As the you, you, you try so hard. You do yeah. want everyone to just love everything. Yeah. So it did. you do. I mean, you know, I, I would say that I must have read 10 million really nice things about work that I've done, but I can remember every single bad thing anybody's ever said. 
but not necessarily yeah. a good thing. I think they yeah, stick the in your mind. That's, yeah. but I think that's that's true of ever, everybody yeah. I've ever read who works in a creative field yeah. always says the same thing. They remember every criticism, but not not the positives. Yeah. But another side note: <laughs> when it comes to um, angry letters from fans, um, it's very easy to to kind of think, "What do you? What the hell do you know?" Or "What's up with it?" Whatever you know. Um, but Stanley said a really sent a note to his editors when they were... Even the editors were, like, you know, getting really annoyed about annoying letters coming from from fans. Given that back in the, the days of Marvel when Stan Lee was there, they were... Apart from GIs, they were mostly kids reading comics, whereas now it's, you know, geekdom's grown-up kind of thing. Um, but anyway, he said... Um, Always consider, you never know which one of those angry letters comes from the kid in the iron lung. Which is like, you have no understanding of what's going on in the life of that person that writes that letter. So treat them all with respect and answer them appropriately. So, yeah. Okay. And uh, so I like to go on forums oh. and, and say angry things about Lost Light under a series <laughs> of names, assumed names, <laughs> about criminal offences and <laughs> assassination attempts, things like that. Me too, that's weird. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sat to the right of you, 1980. <laughs> <laughs> um, just to wrap it up then, um, thank you for your time. Um, Favourite character to draw or from the series in general? That, has anybody got a favourite? that Either as a character or as one that you've worked on? Or For me at the moment, it's... Uh, and I've... In my... Uh, fan career I've had about 8 million different favourite Transformers um, but at the moment it's without a doubt uh, Megatron because of his the, the Autobot Megatron the thing that's ha- thing, stuff that's happening with him with his redemption arc is just incredible and um, I love drawing him even though he's just an arse to draw I absolutely love it uh, oh sorry language <laughs> Jack you must remember where you are um, yeah, he's just, he's big and chunky, and he's still, although he's, you know, he's, he's going through this redemption arc, he, facially, he still looks like a bit of a nasty piece of work. Um, so, yeah, and, and I, I just love him. I love him so much. Um, yeah, I, well, I, there's two who um, probably is uh, Wheeljack, um, because being uh, half Italian, he was a car that was covered in Italian livery and colours. <laughs> uh, it was an Italian car. It was always quite exciting to actually have this little Lancia, um, even though he didn't sound very Italian. Um, and uh, Powermaster Prime. I, I have an obsession with Powermaster Prime, and of course they've just released a new toy, uh, which means I get to geek out all over again. Um, and it was entirely my fault that Powermaster Prime ended up back in Regen. So. Your fault? It's my fault, yeah. Because I, I said to Simon, he originally planned to have a fight at the end between, I think, Jetfire and Grimlock and someone, uh, uh, and Rodimus. And I said, well, you know, because everybody has been tainted by the Matrix, I said, you do know that there's Prime's corpse somewhere that first got shot off with the Ark is still intact. Yeah. You've got a completely ruined um, Power Master one that got soaked by the Matrix energy Plus, you've got the current prime, and I just, I just said, there's, I've just got this. I can see it on a cover yeah. of three primes, three Optimuses versus Rodimus, yeah. and I, went, I wouldn't, I'd never normally suggest an idea, 
it's just this one I felt I had to say. Oh. And, and that, so that changed. Yeah, so. yeah, it worked. So it did. Um, yeah, I've had so many different favourites over the, over the years that I've done Transformers. Um, I always, back in the day, I always liked Galvatron, but only because he was very, you know, he'd got muscle tone, so he was very, he was very human-looking, given that I wasn't particularly into drawing kind of boxy robots, although I did, with as much love and attention. But Galvatron was really cool. Um, on Regen, I really enjoyed Cup, for some reason. I really enjoyed drawing Cup. He was a good character to, you know, just kind of get to grips with in terms of drawing him. Um... The the kind of the whole point of Transformers, the like the key central character in the whole Transformers, not not with the new sort of stuff, but the you know the original G one storyline that we completed in Regen one. The whole story is about Hot Rod. I mean, it's Hot Rod's journey. It's Hot Rod's hero journey. He is Luke Skywalker. You know, whatever. He's he's that character that you see from beginning to end. Um, and so. The last page that I did on, on Regen was that sort of final picture of... I don't know if at that point he was Rodimus. I think he was. Um, but So there's a, there's a lot of kind of love and respect for that character because he is he's, he's the central point of the whole story arc. But all of that said, um, Prime. It's always got to be Prime because the thing I enjoyed about Prime was that the challenge with Prime was always that... He, he was the one that carried all the weight of responsibility and, and the emotion, um, and yet he was the character that facially was a challenge to portray all that emotion because he, you can't see much of his face. So I, I took a lot of time working out very, very subtle ways of, of portraying emotion just in the shape of the eyes. Um, and, I, and I think that just made me kind of respect the character more and more and more. So... So I think, you know, final answer <laughs> um, would, be, would be prime, yeah. You want to try drawing well. Give it a go. Cool. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you all for coming to the panel. Um, a big thank you to Andrew Wildman, John Paul Bove and Jack Lawrence for being on the panel. Uh, Next panel up is the Discover Something New panel at quarter past one. Otherwise, yeah, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, thanks for coming. Thank you. So that was the Transformers panel. Uh, I think we can all agree it was more than meets the eye. And that's it. Good night. <laughs> if I learned anything from George Costanza in Seinfeld, it's end on a high. <laughs> um, yeah, so it seemed like the right panel to lead us into our main sort of focus for this one which is talking about I've been looking forward to this kids cartoons yeah this is I can come never watched any so no. yeah obviously end of so night see ya thanks for listening um yeah so obviously we are fans of the animated form yeah we kind of grew up on it back in the 80s so I, th- I think we should go back to cartoons from our kids to, uh, from our childhoods from our kids okay. from our childhoods um, I mean, there are. Let's just restart the, with the, the big main ones. There are the cartoons we grew up with, yeah. and the cartoons before we were born that just always seem to play like Looney Tunes and Batfink. Batfink was after we were born. Wasn't no, nineteen sixties. Was it? Batfink was nineteen sixties. Awesome! I didn't realize that. I always thought it was an eighties mm, character. Nineteen sixty-seven, I think it was. Groovy. 
So yeah, um, back to Looney Tunes, massive fan of Looney Tunes. Oh, my yeah. dad was a big Looney Tunes fan, which I think I, is I'm, I am. Tom I'm and Jerry, which you watch a lot of them now, they're kind of dicey. <laughs> yeah, oh, crikey, yeah. Um, and you got Hanna-Barbera. Hanna-Barbera, Space Ghost, Hanna-Barbera, yeah, Johnny I, Quest. No, I mean, when I say Hanna-Barbera, I, I'm you mean more the Flintstones, kind of, the Flintstones and, and, races. and Yogi Bear and that kind of thing. See, a lot of my style the of drawings, a lot of my style of drawing superheroes was based on like Birdman and Space Ghost. See, I never watched Space Barbera. Ghost, and that's completely that never existed in my childhood. Did you have Cartoon Network in the early nineties? No, absolutely not. That's my that's my cartoons, where they all were. My main cartoons was um, getting up at six thirty on Saturday morning before whatever was on, whether it was Saturday Superstore or going live or whatever, and before that it was usually the raccoons and then it was um, uh, Muppet Babies or what am I missing Pole Position do you remember Pole, Pole Position? Position I remember yeah crikey and Sunday mornings on Channel 4 you used to have like Jason the Wheeled Warriors Jason the Wheeled Warriors is my personal favourite and um uh Jason and the Argonauts no Jason not Jason and the Argonauts um Ulysses Ulysses, Ulysses yeah. that's what I'm thinking of I've got Jason the Wheeled Warriors and a yeah. Ray you, Harryhausen film mixed up yeah, Ulysses, and then you have the um, Mysterious Cities of Gold and all that. I adore Mysterious Cities. Mysterious Cities Gold and Transformers are probably the two 80s ones that really hold up for me. I hated Mysterious Cities Gold until I rewatched it about a year ago and I kind of got it for the first time. Good, because I bought you that for your you birthday, you did, absolutely. <laughs> but when I hated this gift. <laughs> but it's one of those things where it was kind of. You see, with cartoons, especially, you know, when you only had the classic, when you got home, you had the, the children's BBC and then children's CITV. When they were on the main channels, they didn't have their own channel. Yeah. And um, because you had, like, set days. Now, when I was younger... I think kids are kind of spoiled now because they've got about 15 channels... Yeah, absolutely. ...of cartoons but, 24 hours a day. you actually had set times and set days of what the particular We had three till five on. after school, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, and... But because... With at home, we also used to have set days. We used to have set meals. So sometimes I will associate bad food, sorry, man, with certain TV themes. Like, for instance, grain shell will always be cabbage. It's like I will always associate. Do you remember when they did those chicken nuggets that had the tomato ketchup already? Oh my god, yes, I do. I will always associate those with sitting down and watching the Goonies. Oh uh, really? Yeah, because we just oh, always really? seem to watch the Goonies. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Blimey. But yeah, it's that weird thing. But it's like I always associate Danger Mouse with having a bar of chocolate before tea. Yeah, and I always associate um, uh, Sesame Street with not going to school and having soup because I was poorly. Because you were sick, yeah. Yeah. But I'm yeah, and used to get awesome things like the things with like Mysterious Cities of Gold and Around the World in Eighty Days with Phileas Fogg with Willy Fogg. Willy Fogg. Oh, Willy Fogg. Not Phileas Fogg. That's the question. Whereas they used to be on in the summer on the morning. Yeah. And if you went on holiday for two weeks, you were fucked. Yeah. Because <laughs> that would be your challenge to get. <laughs> it's like it's awesome. I've gone on a family holiday to Spain, but I missed the last two weeks of fucking Willy Fogg. <laughs> fucking dad so selfish we went to Spain when you were younger crikey we went to like Torquay if we were lucky well I mean you know like, this is <laughs> not always sometimes we went to Portugal we dream of living <laughs> in a cardboard box <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so see that, that was always the challenge over the summer was those epic continuation ones. Yeah, and although it's not quite cartoon, is that I've got another um, memory in my head as well of one summer holiday. Um, Did it actually? It so couldn't fast? have been. It must have been. <laughs> it must. I don't think it was. It must have been Easter holiday actually because it was my birthday, and I got a Sega Master System. It was two weeks, and I got a Sega Master System. But I remember getting up early and going downstairs and mum was doing whatever but every day a TV programme used to be on it was an American kind of 1970s 1980s sitcom a little bit like Bewitched but all I can remember is the theme tune and the theme tune was it was something like do if you if you have to wish on a star oh shit that's oh fuck what is that not Dream Dreamer Genie. No, it's not a Dreamer Genie. It's not. It's not one of any of the big ones. Are you googling? I'm going to Google. Don't it. Google. I can Google. I've I've done it before. I'm a, I'm a prolific Googler. <laughs> oh, what was it? But I just remember going downstairs and the, it was on. I even remember the, the titles as well. TV show. What was that? I don't know if that, that might be. Some was a TV series thing. called? But yeah, um, Out of This World, 1991? No. No, it was, it was earlier than that. Uh, TV show. Team June. I don't want to play it in case it's. Uh, <laughs> Uh, here we go, let's see. Wishing on a star. This is this is quality, this is. Maybe it was a wish. People. Maybe it was if you like to. There's somebody listening to this just screaming the fuck at us. Yeah. You mean there's actually someone listening to this? Yeah, my mum. I see. <laughs> but yeah, no, I remember getting up early in the morning to watch kids' cartoons and that, and... Transformers, I remember going to the video shop to rent the Transformers videos. Yeah. Um, but how many of the ones that you watched as a kid hold up? Obviously, Looney Tunes is timeless. Looney Tunes is absolutely timeless. In fact, um, my nephew and my niece have been watching Looney Tunes and Scooby Doo as well. The old classic Scooby Doo as opposed to the new, slightly revamped Scooby Doo. Because they kind of redid Looney Tunes recently, didn't they? Yeah, they did. That and never really it, happened. It never really worked. It was it was kind of horrible. Mm. The thing with Looney Tunes was that they were mini movies. Yeah, they weren't cartoons. Uh, a bit like what the Disney used to do with the Disney shorts. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, they were kind of. You're either a Disney fan or you're a Warner Brothers fan, aren't you? Yeah, uh, that's not telling me anything. Oh, we'll find it and then we'll post it on the comments that we remembered in case anyone else is annoying anyone else about it. Yeah. Well done. We went on this one topic and you completely fucked. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, um. Right, I don't think the Flintstones really kind of lives it up anymore. I did, because I, it's sometimes on Nickelodeon and all that kind of all this time. Flintstones, there's a few cartoons from my childhood that I still want to love because I 
mainly because I remember loving them so much as a kid. Mm. I think part of the problem with the Flintstones is the fucking canned laughter. Oh, no, absolutely. Same with the Jetsons. Yeah. And Top Cat. Oh, Top Cat. Well, Top Cat and the Flintstones. All those Hanna-Barbera ones are slowly being ruined by those fucking Halifax mm. <laughs> Thankfully, they haven't touched um, Dusty and Metal yet. Oh, that'll be next. You know it's coming. You know it's coming. I love coming. Dusty and Metal. Yeah, wacky races and catch the pigeon. Catch the pigeon, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they were sort of the ones. And then you had your quote-unquote boys cartoons who had He He Man. Yeah. Your Brave Star. Thundercats. Thundercats. Bucky O'Hare. Captain Bucky O'Hare. That was 90s, wasn't it? I think that was 90s, but yeah. it still came. So. Yeah. And you had weird, quirky ones as well, like fucking Hammer Man. Hammer MC Man. Hammer cartoon. Do you remember the MC no, Hammer? I don't. It used to be on Channel 4, I think. Then there was the Mr. T. Oh, Mr. T should come to our, our uh, Retrocon. He should. I don't know if he would. I don't know if it. Oh, actually, he did that shit on BBC3, didn't he? Yeah, but he was a lot of money. That's why he wasn't in one of the Rocky movies, because. Uh, but yeah um, so you had really obscure fucking ones like that um, which I guess they looked at the Bill Cosby thing from the 70s and thought if Bill Cosby can have his own cartoon series MC fucking Hammer can and then it ran for like 13 episodes and was cancelled yeah crikey yeah and there you had the Mr. T cartoon as well Um, you had the Robocop cartoon yeah which I got a couple of those on DVD there you go it's kind of bizarre to be honest it was that weird thing of cartoons must have been so shit at one point that they were just marketing things that were not suitable for kids. Yeah. It was not a Rambo cartoon. Or did I dream No, that? I think you might have dreamed that. I don't remember it. I know there was some connection between He Man and Conan. Okay. I think the rumour was supposed to be that He Man was created out of uh, unused Conan figures or something, but mm-hmm. I think that turned out to be bullshit. I think there's some other story but but yeah it was um interesting time and then obviously Transformers was really the really big one because that mm. was the one that we had all the toys for and then probably Turtles Turtles was 90s it was late 80s oh was it early yeah late 80s I was still at primary school when it started yeah. and plus I know it's late 80s because I'm a Turtles fan but yeah but yeah you had that because a lot of our cartoons were tied into being able to buy the toys well that was not the whole point of Transformers wasn't well, yeah, it wasn't it was Transformers to sell the an old Japanese line that they bought, the line of, bought it's two here. lines of toys that they combined yeah because you had that Mask was all about fucking toys yeah oh I loved Mask yeah, although I, I, I've got no memory at all of the cartoon I got it on DVD mm. but I got a lot of the old I mean Danger Mouse Danger Mouse was one of my absolute favourites as a it's kid it's genuinely funny even now you watch it now and it's hilarious it is. I remember having a party at mine and then you me and my wife going upstairs to watch well sorry to watch Danger Mouse <laughs> which was code word for our threesome <laughs> <laughs> but wow. I do remember I remember laying on your bed where you were with you and your wife in your old house wasn't it yeah wow but was yeah, she your wife then? No, she wasn't my wife then. So She's my wife now. <laughs> three ways were fine before we were married. <laughs> I love. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, um, and interestingly, a lot of the cartoons we loved, like Turtles has come back twice, mm-hmm. with the awesome early 2000s series, and the really, really good Nickelodeon one, Yeah, that was CG. Uh, He-Man came back with a much better series 
Thundercats came back with a much better series. Transformers. I never saw the Thundercats one. It was good. Again, it was on Cartoon Network early, mid-2000s. Oh, did I? I might have seen a couple of episodes. It was basically taking everything that had come before and then giving it a decent, structured, linear story. But I think when I think of high points of cartoons, it doesn't really kick in for me till the early 90s mm. when I wasn't a kid anymore I was sort of a teenager so I appreciate them a bit more but the two granddaddies for me from the 90s are Batman Animated Series yeah of course and Animaniacs yeah both Warner Brothers both Warner Brothers Warner Brothers were the kings of animation at that point yeah. you had the X-Men cartoon the Spider-Man cartoon on BBC One and then in between you flick over for to ITV for Batman the Animated Series and Animaniacs and then you'd largely stay on ITV. Yeah. But. What was the Tasmanian Devil cartoon called? Uh, Tas- Tasmania one. Tasmania, of course it was. Tasmania. That was fantastic. That was. The, all those Looney Tunes ones sort of then. Even Tiny Tunes, which I don't like as much as Animaniacs. Mm. And Animaniacs gave us Pink in the Brain as well, which was also a yeah. series. Um, Batman. The animated series had two fantastic series, then they changed the animation style, which was either the third or fourth year, and the stories were still really, really good and really quite fucking dark at times. Mm. But the animation just wasn't as slick as it used to be. They like simplified it even more. Okay, I remember that. Some characters it worked on, they made Scarecrow freaky as fuck. Mm. But um, they fucked the Joker. Completely ruined him. They took his eyes and just made him black dots. Oh, right. They just had weird, dead sort of eyes. But yeah, those were sort of the granddaddy cartoons for me. And although it wasn't a kids' cartoon, The Simpsons. Yes. Was huge when I was a kid. Yeah, I, re- I remember the first ever. I remember first ever episode or half episode of Floor and Simpsons was it was on. This <laughs> how I grew up. It was on my mother's copy of War of the Roses, or was that War of the Roses or Bacon? I think it might have been War of the Roses. War of the Roses. That was a Fox release, and it was at the, right at the very, very beginning of it. And it was like it was like a like a teaser. I think it was more of you know it was like it was like a few minutes. And I just remember going downstairs and watching that over and over and over again because it's my first Simpsons episode I ever got to watch. I used to see, my probably first exposure to the Simpsons was probably actually the Do the Barman. Yeah. Oh, well, I had the album. I've still got the album. Simpsons yeah. Sing the Blues. Yeah, that's it. Crikey. I'm deep, deep trouble. I wanted uh, Homer and Marge singing I Love to See You Smile as my wedding song. And he's really, oh my god. But the wife wouldn't go for it, even though I keep telling her it's our song. <laughs> <laughs> but, um. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I still really enjoy The Simpsons. Mm. It's nowhere near as good as it used to be. Um, Saturdays of Thunder is still one of my favourite episodes, where they build the boxcars. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's an early one, isn't it? Yeah, very early because it's Nelson's bullies are still just mm. Nelson and nameless bullies. Mm. Bart the General. Yeah, these are the ones I keep showing to Jack. I showed him Bart the General. I was like, "You've got to watch the bit where he's crying in the bath." Yeah. <laughs> Homer dries him with the blow dryer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it wasn't until they started releasing them on video and the BBC started showing them mm. that I really got to watch The Simpsons on a regular basis. And then obviously I got Sky as I got older and could watch them then and then it sort of hit that weird season 14 to 17 slump Mm. and then it sort of balanced that again. There was that thing where Family Guy came in. Yeah. 
and The Simpsons was old then. And then Family Guy took over and it was edgy and exciting. But I've sort of, as I've become a father, I've grown more back into The Simpsons and find I relate well, to Homer even more. You can't really like, introduce your kids to Family Guy this year, can you? Uh, well, I probably shouldn't. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but you have. <laughs> you know, well... <laughs> Once you let them watch like those gory bloodfest movies, I remember you used to be really into Family Guy, didn't you? In the nineties, I did. Something. But Family Guy became very one joke. Yeah. After a while, it felt very. How are we going to shock you this week for the but, sake of shocking you? Yeah, and there were some really terrible, terrible episodes that were just weren't funny at all. I remember, like that one with the murder. There was a. And at first, the double episode, of one series, right? Oh, it's where episode. they go to the hotel thing. Yeah. yeah. Sort of where I dropped off it, to be honest, and it it felt like it was being cruel for the sake of being cruel like, sometimes. yeah like the episode where um, um, Brian and Thingy are trapped in the bank vault yeah oh what he makes him eat his oh it's just gross yeah yeah it was kind of it got to the point where it was mean for the sake of being mean it was mm. like this isn't fun anymore this is just mean yeah. and spiteful and kind of not cool but we've gone way off kids' cartoons. Anyway, let's go back to kids' cartoons. So, obviously, you had your big three superhero ones in the 90s, which was Batman the Animated Series, X-Men. <laughs> okay, so, right, um, in, your head, in your head, sing um, the, the X-Men cartoon, and then go into the Crystal Maze. You can't do it. They are so similar. They are. Yeah. Weird. But we never heard back from our Crystal Maze application. I, I realised this, yeah. I was going to mention it to you, but... I don't know if the series is just not happening, or they were like, these guys are so awesome, we just can't fucking do it. Well, I think seeing as, like, the reference that we got was, like, 23,000 something, 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 I think they probably got enough people to watch. They probably did. And well, I don't think we're in... And also, when you start watching the old Crystal Maze, I was going to say this year, if you start watching the old Crystal Maze, they all introduce them to, you know, oh, I'm Amy from Somerset, and I'm 22 years old. You know, there's a... You know, I'm the, when they're both nearly 40... <laughs> They're probably they're sure it probably doesn't actually cover us. <laughs> God, that's depressing. <laughs> we could have slipped through the net. It's like, I am Andy from Gloucester. I'm 38 years old and just get taken out by a tranker. <laughs> like, Send in the next guy. Like, I am Stuart from Gloucester. I'm 38 years. <laughs> swipe left. Swipe left. <laughs> oh God! Do you really think they do it like Tinder? <laughs> that's exactly what they do. Ew, ew, Crystal Maze Tinder. <laughs> Again, we veered off of. Sorry. So, so yeah, yeah so we had X-Men. Animate, the animated Spider-Man series, which had that at the time groundbreaking opening credits where he was swinging through the computer-generated city. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, which which first had the computer-generated? Was that Spider-Man? Was that X-Men? Um, Iron Man. Because Iron Man had the I think Spider-Man was the one that kick-started it and then they did the Iron Man one which didn't really take off. And they did a Fantastic Four one as well if I'm ready. And they did the Incredible Hulk. They had quite a few Marvel cartoon series in I the early 90s. I remember Spider-Man. I don't remember the Hulk cartoon. It used to be on at about 7 o'clock on a Saturday morning before we were in the pre-going live sort of stage of... Yeah. Around the time Iron Man was on. Okay, yeah, I do remember Iron Man, but I might, I might have remember Iron Man from a bit later on. But I remember before school on either the Cartoon Network or the Children's Channel, whatever See, it was. See, we, we never had all these fast. It was my childminder had it. Oh, okay. So I used to watch it there before school, because that's how I saw Johnny Quest and mm. 
um, Space Ghost and all that after school because he'd show really obscure old cartoons for some reason, nothing new. And I used to rewatch Mysterious Cities of Gold there as well. See, but, um, I, I remember Breakfast TV or GMTV, and, and about half past seven, there was used to have a cartoon, and it was either X Men or Super Mario Brothers. It wouldn't have been X Men because X Men was BBC. Oh, no, no, it did, so I'm sure they had X Men at some point. No, it was a BBC X Men. Okay. Um, which they possibly showed it in whatever the Good yeah. Morning Britain or whatever the. But it was, okay, it was either Super Mario or something else. Super Mario with the live action Mario to bookend it yeah but 60s Spider-Man oh which is honky as shit man well he doesn't have the wedding because he was too difficult to yeah do. so he's just red and blue yeah and, and the him swinging thing is just like a him like rigid yes. and straight just <laughs> <laughs> and the background was moving yeah yeah but charming in its own fucking that's the thing when you look at a lot of these 60s ones where they clearly did it on a or even the filmation stuff mm. like He-Man and that from the 80s <sighs> do you remember the, the logo at the end yeah it was just so fucking cheaply done but it had a charm to it we watch He-Man now and the, the, the scene of him the scene that is used in every single episode of him running you know and you've got the real kind yeah. of it's also obviously traced some guy you know yeah it's that and, and the whole you know, you know the, the power of his skull, where yeah. the sword and all that, and it, that annoying ad, that advert with skeleton He-Man at the moment on the TV oh. really annoys me because he puts his sword up and says, "I, you know, I have the power," when he's already He-Man. Yeah. Perhaps he needed a recharge. That's probably Why has he got a car? Why isn't he riding Battle Cat? Some poor shit. Well, to be honest, Battle Cat doesn't have a boot to put shopping in. Well, he's got a tail. You can just hook the bags on. Yeah, sometimes you need a Volvo. Uh, <laughs> well they're like a battle cat <laughs> it turns into a Range Rover <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um, no there's a weird thing where our youth is being raped for the sake of selling shit yeah there's no such thing as original ideas anymore but although the live action Skeletor is kind of cool I like him do you think they put sunglasses on him because they could get the eyes right quite possibly I always thought that it's a bit like when you do a drawer and you're like I oh, fuck that bit up I oh, just yeah. need some overshadowing yeah. absolutely <laughs> but nothing that can't be fixed with some overshadowing <laughs> but um but yeah and then a lot of the cartoons we love seem to be coming back some successfully some not successfully Danger Mouse is back <clears throat> the new Danger Mouse actually works really well I've not seen that I've seen like two episodes Jack loves it yeah so I've got the added advantage of having kids so I have a decent excuse to watch these things <laughs> I don't need excuses I need time but but yeah do you th- recent cartoons that you sort of love for me Phineas and Ferb was the big one yeah I adore Phineas and Ferb um, again not really got into it um, mainly because I don't have kids yeah that's fair I only got into it because Jack used to wake up when he was a baby at about 5 o'clock in the morning mm and there were no kids cartoons on that were suitable so I used to put Disney XD on all the Disney, it might have been all the Disney channels just kept showing promos from each one so you'd have like a five minute loop of the same clips yeah and we used to watch that put that on because he um, Mickey Mouse would occasionally pop up on it and that would sort of calm him and he'd lie there and you could sleep for a little bit longer <laughs> when he led just watching the same shit over and over on telly mm. but it used to just filter into my head this small clip from Phineas and Ferb I don't know what that show is I need to watch this fucking loop so I can find out what it is so I can fucking watch it 
and yeah from there I just fell down the rabbit hole of yeah. of that and Star Wars Rebels Star Wars Rebels Clone Wars yeah adored both those shows um, you had some really cool off the back of Batman and series you had like Young Justice yeah that was superb they did one that was Superboy and the Legion of Tomorrow I think which I was like how the fuck have they even done this and that was really good but I've yet to find it Batman series sort of went a bit weird you had The Batman which was a bit shit and you had yeah, Batman you Brave and the Bold which yeah was the I Batman watched the last the ever episode one real kind of early it, it, it was real stylized no I think it was Batman Brave and the Bold where each week he had a different person with him okay the the Batman was like a younger Batman he didn't have the square jaw, he sort of had a triangle sort of jaw. And yes, I think that might be the one I'm not. I've got it on DVD. Yeah, I've got the first season on mm. DVD. But um, it was alright, it had some interesting stories, but it was a bit... It was clearly a antidote to the Nolan Batman films. Because mm. they obviously realised they couldn't really sell Batman toys off the Nolan Batman films, so they needed something a bit more kid-friendly. And then he did Batman Brave and the Bold, which i got to be honest, I hated until I watched the last episode. Okay. And then the last episode is Batmite finds out that Batman Brave and the Bold is being cancelled. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's that. But there's a beautiful thing at the end where they're all in the Batcave and it's just Batman delivers a line. I, was, I won't spoil it. For people haven't seen it, but I was kind of like, what? That's actually kind of. <laughs> and I got a bit emotional with it, but but yeah. Um, but so you had all that sort of stuff. But there's not, then you got weird shit like Uncle Grandpa, which I don't get. Grandpa. Uncle Grandpa. Okay. Which is weird. You had Gravity Falls, which I enjoyed, but never in the way I love Phineas and Ferb. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do you think cartoons were better when we were kids? Oh, I, I think, well, yes, but I would be biased just because that's kind of what we watched. I mean, I, I like the whole cartoons just to sell toys because I, I find that really exciting. Yeah. Well, that was a very 80s thing as well yeah absolutely and uh, maybe are they being a bit, a bit too quirky now in the, in the internet era I don't know yeah I think part of the problem as well is you've got these kid channels that show kids programs 24 hours a day mm. it's the same fucking ones mm. when you think there's not actually that many different cartoons even Disney XD it's Phineas and Verb a lot Ultimate Spider-Man if you don't get those bloody stupid Disney soap opera thingies <laughs> like Jesse and all that crap that are exactly the freaking same yeah and terrible that's yeah. why do you know that's one of my biggest I've been to Europe, uh, Disneyland Paris twice and they're the two things that, fit, that are stuck in my head yeah the that's, first that's the only went, thing you can get on the fucking telly yeah exactly it's bloody English the first time we went it was Jesse whatever it was called and the second one was these group of freaking people who were in a band or something and they owned a music shop and I can't remember the name of it Terrible, but Jesse, I swear, there's a basically from work for Fresh Prince of Bel Air. There's a white Uncle Phil in it. There's a character who is basically is Uncle Phil but white. Fair enough. Anyway, I think when we went first time we went, it was Eight Simple Rules, which was actually an ABC sitcom rather than a Disney program. Which I actually found that through force of being forced to have to watch it, I quite enjoyed. But that, like I say, that was more of a sitcom that one with with the cuckoo in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah and then you did have your kid shit so you had your Wizards of Waverly Place your Hannah Montana and that sort of thing which they appeal to people so who am I to judge what appeals to kids mm. it's like Jack watches some stuff I'm like how are you watching this shit and then I'm like oh yeah no you're seven it's fine sorry I'll move along <laughs> but 
if you could but then I'm sure if we went back and looked at like press gang or Press Gang and um, what was the one set in the fast food restaurant? Spats. Spats. Oh my god, Spats. My wife's watching a thing on Sky One which is inside the Freemasons. Yeah. Which is interesting because the Gloucester Lodge is on it. Okay. So I caught it from that, but she was like, there's a bloke on there. So do you remember Spats? And I was like, of course I fucking remember Spats. Yeah. But yeah, she was like, there's a bloke on this who looks like he, the guy from Spats. And she was like, him. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Is that him? Yeah. Is it actually him? Is yeah. it behind me? So, but Spats is one of those ones that you gen- that used to seem to be on on a Saturday. Oh, it certainly got reruns on a Saturday. Yeah, I imagine sort of before Baywatch, sort of around a half five sort of mark. No, I, I remember that being. I remember the, it being on. Was that BBC or ITV? CITV. CITV. Well, I don't think it was called CITV when we watched it, but. Do you remember Michelangelo? Yep. Down, 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 da 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 da. Do you remember the dream? Captain Z and the Dream no, Team? No, yeah, I remember Captain Z and the Dream Team. Fuck, what was it called? The Dream Warriors, that was it. Dreamstone. Shit. It was like a little, there was a wizard, the thing you had a big dragon type thing was the bad guy. Dreamstone? Oh, that rings a bell. The song was like Stranger Than a Dream. I've got a couple of them on DVD, but. Oh, hang on. Yeah. That, I recognise the flying yellow dog. Yep. Yes. I Fish do rec- dog. I remember it. Absolutely. Do you remember Alias the Jester? I remember Alias the Jester and Fantastic Max, which I think was the same company. Telebugs. Telebugs. Does, did you tell me that Wiggy now owns... No, no, he tried to. He couldn't find uh, it. He, he he tried to, but it wasn't him. It was for his mate. He, they tried to buy the rights for Telebooks, but no, they couldn't find it for sale. Okay, do you remember um, our balls? Hang on, hang on. I do you remember, remember our balls? Uh, what was it called? <laughs> it's like a spin-off of Bike Road. Our balls. It was the one with the bear, poor poor bears. Vaguely. With the totem pole. And there was like like yes. a like a, like a, I remember, a bear. I always thought that was gummy bears for some owl. reason. Very but now similar. you say it. Um, and they used to come alive on something. The poor, poor Do you remember bears. the weird ones like Mrs. Pepperpot? No. Actually, it might have been a Sky One one on DJ Cat. So you had like Mrs. Pepperpot, and they, you had the one with Tom Bosley where he was the gnome. He used to be on Channel Four early hours of the morning on a Sunday. Tom Bosley. Oh, what was that fucking called? We're going really into obscure. You know Tom Bosley, the dad from Happy Days. Is he dead? Yes. Just come up with grave. Oh, that. Yeah, David the Gnome. That was a Channel Four one that used to be on oh, sandwich yeah. sort of between vaguely, vaguely between uh, Jason the Weird Warriors and Ulysses and yeah, that's it. Yep. Um, yeah, I remember. Yeah, um, Jason was always my favourite because it was not very often when it was. It was awesome. Yeah, um, there was a mastermind, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. And then, which was the one? Was it? That was the one with the the red the robot, the red robot, and the blue. Bizarrely, it was a blue wizard. That was um, that was um, uh, Jason World Warriors. Gotta be honest, my memory of Jason World Warriors isn't as good as it used to be. He was a bit really out of place wizard with a proper pointy hat. Quite possibly, yeah. 
Do you remember Peter Pan and the Pirates? Is that that old? Or were they going to something else? I'm thinking of Jake and the You're thinking of Jake and the Neverland Pirates. Peter Pan and the Pirates. You, early 90s, maybe? Tim Curry was Captain Hook. Or was oh. the voice of Captain Hook. Uh, not really. It was it was really really good I was thinking about it the other day obviously with this thinking about all the old cartoons you used to watch but I'll tell you one that I absolutely fucking hate now hmm. Inspector Gadget why? I just can't abide it he's so fucking stupid because <laughs> it was always painting in brain and, and the brain it was always the, the yeah I always remember being kind of as a kid even as a kid I was kind of this program's kind of fucking dumb mm. and then I had sort of a weird nostalgic feel it was sort of it always felt like that cartoon that was on between the cartoons you wanted to watch mm, I think I quite liked Inspector Gadget but for me cartoons that was in between cartoons I wanted to watch was things like Henry's Cat yeah and uh, my wife's favourite is Poddington Peas mm. and Family Ness and that kind of era there used to be Channel 4 weekdays daytime there used to be some really weird cartoons on oh was that like um, Pigeon Street Pigeon Street yeah that really freaky animation oh it's horrible with the big fat arms yeah uh, because you had Pigeon Street then you had Long Distance Clara which was a spin off of Pigeon Street that vaguely rings a bell and then you had Bertha lovely Bertha there was something else as well that was and there was all a, been part of Pigeon no, Street there, actually, no, yeah, no there was another one it was um um, I think it was a wasn't it uh, introduced an Indian character to it I don't know there was so much to do with the lighthouse was that part of Pigeon Street lighthouse um, do you mean Cockershell Bay could be Bucket and Spade possibly those Channel 4 ones are mostly a blur to be honest uh, yeah, then you had um, Green Claws Vaguely Rings a Bell then there was Puddle Lane that Puddle was, Lane that was very Puddle Lane that was Channel the same 4. sort of style as Pigeon Street wasn't it I can't was remember. It? No, no, I think it was slightly different. So we are Googling now. We are now Googling Puddle yeah. Lane. No, it was live action. It was live action. Oh, Rent-A-Ghost. Rent-A-Ghost. I saw that. I thought Rent-A-Ghost as well. Oh, that was freaky. That was one of those brilliant really random concepts. I'd forgotten all about Rent-A-Ghost until the living wage came in and the it was either the Pope or the Daily Mash did a story about the living wages and they put Rent-A-Ghost out of business. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crikey, Rent-A-Ghost. Oh, what was the name of the, the, the jester in it? Um, he had a really cool name. Uh, Is it Tom? Yeah, honestly. Oh, my God, what was his name? Do you remember going into live-action ones, uh, What on Earth? What? In W-A-T-T? Yeah on earth he was like an alien he yes I do chased by the evil alien Jemadar oh hang on and whenever he appeared on screen he was like a shapeshifter and whenever he appeared on screen Timothy Claypot um yes I can remember that because he also... used to go whenever he came on screen that... oh yeah that's who he is <laughs> wasn't that wasn't that um um that thing day off what Ferris Bueller's day yeah tick tick Jemadar's day off um do you okay? There was another live action one back in the eighties, 
Um, we're going to um, look and read in a minute as well. Do you look and read? I remember look and read. Yeah, but there was, it was. I think it had Benji the dog in it, and there was also a really cool yellow spaceship, like a robot. It was like a boy from space, and he had a gold robot with two with eyes, and there was yeah. a new version of him as well. I think wasn't what's enough W O T T. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That's it. Crap me, I remember that. He got his name from when he arrived, the light bulb flickered. Yeah. And the main kid in its mum said, what on earth? Mm. That's it, blimey. Um, Yeah, so uh, there was a a robot, it was a Benji the dog, and it was this gold floaty heady robot. It looks like Mark Heap. I know it isn't. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Oh, what was it called? And it was a space boy. Do you remember Wolf? I remember what I hated Wolf. I remember the thing tune. It was horrible. Do you remember Johnny Briggs? I hated that as well. Um, there was something when you were a kid, live action shows weren't, with the exception of maybe, do you remember Teabag? I was going to say Teabag and T-shirts. Now, I was, funny enough, I was reading about that recently uh, because there was three, uh, two, there was the girl in it, Debbie, I think her name was. There was three different Debbies and two different Teabags. I knew there was two um, different. I knew that I the girl changed every year. I didn't realise it was meant to be the same girl. I think it was, and I think T-shirt was the same person all the way through as well. Or was it the T-shirt? It was the first one, then different because it was T-bag. And it was each series changed its name as well. The one was called T-bag and the T-set. Yeah. Oh, they were they were horrible. They reminded me of sausages, but oddly compelling. Oh no, I'm not go as a kid. Far. I don't know. Again, they were kind of the filler until we got to the cartoons, which was what we were really in it for. The live-action ones were just a bit. Mm. But I so remember him because he had ears, so he used to wear that stupid hat. Yeah. We're going back to what's on there. Sorry, it's a picture of him wearing that stupid hat. Yeah, he, he looked human ears. apart from his ears, didn't he? Yeah. Wonder where they got that idea from. I don't know. Certainly, no sci-fi I can ever think of. But I used to get those Saturday morning movies as well like you know the kid with the tiger t-shirt who could run really fast and like weird sort of infomercial type mm. <laughs> want of a better word um, but yeah and I'll tell you another one I fucking hated as a cartoon fucking raggy dolls oh I like raggy dolls I've got I got a um, raggy dolls I got a raggy dolls t-shirt I liked it up to a certain there's certain cartoons that you just hit an age yeah. and then you're just kind of like Ugh. <laughs> I even hit it with Danger Mouse I hit a certain age and just Danger Mouse did nothing for me mm. and then as an adult I got back into it Super Ted yeah Super Ted used to get books of Super Ted as well that was yeah, one of those ones that it was a weird one it wasn't about collecting the toys because I don't think there really were any it Do you was about collecting the books the toys the, sorry the books the, the company that had the licence to print the books was St Michael who was owned by Marks and Spencer's uh, yeah I remember and they also owned the rights to Danger Mouse books as well because I had a really cool Danger Mouse book it was an annual and right in the middle you had the cross section the, the cutaway of a car and it showed how it all worked it was really cool awesome I remember Super Ted they did you remember when they used to do special versions of the cartoons to show in schools oh yeah to, like yeah, teach yeah. you about the dangers or something not smoking like smoking and stuff and there was a Super Ted one that you could then buy the book yeah at the end of the thing or sign up to get the book for free and that was one Super Ted book that I fucking cherished for a long time I wish I still had it mm. I can't even remember what it was that it was teaching us about 
but because you had Spotty, you again kind of looked like one of those show me on the doll where he touched you kind of things. Yeah, was it probably sniffing magic dust or something? Yeah, but and Count Dracula, of course, dangerous was that off in Danger Mouse? It did spin off, a very different character. Mm. Yeah, it was a very different character, wasn't it? But that was Cosgrove Hall as well, wasn't it? Yeah, but. Nanny is he was he was evil. Super grand. Remember Super, super grand. Oh, I hated Super Grand. That was um Who did the the, the Scottish guy did the theme tune, didn't he? Uh, Billy Connolly. Um, the Crankies, I fucking hated oh, the Crankies. Yeah, the Crankies, um Chuckle Vision. <laughs> Zap Do you remember Zap, the gigantic comic book? Rings a bell, yeah. Yeah. But they did some weird sort of comic ones. You had Defenders of the Earth. Defenders. Which had... Um, which was really grim, because in the first episode, Flash Gordon's wife is murdered <laughs> in a kid's cartoon. You're just kind of, I mean, I might be remembering it darker than it actually was. It was it was Flash Gordon, the Phantom. Flash Gordon, Phantom, Mandrake. Mandrake, yeah. Uh, I can't remember who... There was like a African safari guy, wasn't there? Oh, um... Because they had their kids with them too. Yeah. Um, I had the figure of Mandrake I was obsessed with Mandrake because I was into magic at the time mm-hmm. thank you Paul Daniels blimey is Mandrake yeah Phantom Battle of the Planets I never watched Battle of the Planets again that used to be one of those Channel 4 ones this but, Jason World Warriors yeah But yeah, Defenders of the Earth had really cool toys. Visionaries. Do you remember Visionaries? I do remember Visionaries. Again, we're going back to the toys that sold the TV show. I've got the DVD of Visionaries that I've never been able to bring myself to watch in case it's not as good as I remember it being. I remember the toys and Centurions, but hang on a minute. Visionaries had the the shields. Visionaries had a hologram in their chest and on their shields. Then you had... um, um, I loved Centurions. Power Extreme. What was the Sky one where they connected? Were they connected? In the, in the sky? Oh, do you mean Starfleet? No, no, no. It was like their suits. They, you could like put different bits on. Yeah, that was Centurions. That was Centurions, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they got Power Extreme. And they, and then That's they, right. Like one was a, one was Earth, one was Sky, one was Sea, and one was something else. Yes, Centurions. Yeah, you're right. That's yeah. Because you had bizarre shit with that. Because you had things like Captain Fucking Planet. No, it wasn't Captain Fucking Planet. It was Captain Planet. Apparently, also modelled on Sting. Hey, Captain Planet. Captain Planet. That was the rumour. Mm. Apparently, John Constantine was modelled on Sting, and so was Captain Planet. So you got two polar opposites there. <laughs> but yeah, this has kind of gone from a uh, structured decision um, discussion about cartoons we love to everywhere now. Just bouncing all over the shop, like a gummy bear. Like a gummy bear bouncing here, there, and, and everywhere. everywhere. DuckTales that's coming back oh it is I watched the uh, trailer for it the other day I like, the, I like that I like, I'm excited about that just never dive into a big pile of gold do you know if they did that as to as to um, to the new TV series to promote it they built a gigantic life size money tank that you could dive in it with foam gold coins yeah that'd be the only way you yeah. could did <laughs> 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 you have that and you had Chippendale Rescue Rangers yeah Gizmo Duck had a spin off didn't it in the end yeah Dartwing Duck I used to love Darwin Duck. Yeah. Uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, as you said. Um, oh, crikey. They did some cool things with... Because you had Duck Dodgers had his own series. That was yeah, that was, that was a bit... It, was, it didn't go on for very long, though, did it? No. Real shame. Kevin Smith is green. I think... 
like I said, going back to Animaniacs, that was the granddaddy of those Warner Brothers cartoons that yeah. wasn't the original Looney Tunes. I think possibly at times exceeded Looney Tunes. Well, it was clever. It had its own little niche, and it was actually very. It was, clever. and some wonderfully adult jokes. In it. Yeah, like the picture I put on our Facebook page hmm. of the um, dust for fingerprints, and then she comes back holding prints. <laughs> yeah, and she goes, "I found prints." It's like, no, 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 fingerprints, and then she sort of looks at him, and prints smiles. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> it's like as a kid, you just don't get that. Yeah. As an adult, you're like, he wants. She thinks. He, oh. <laughs> but live action as well. Round the twist. Oh yeah, I love round the twist. There was a new. I loved that, and there was an episode of that that made me feel physically fucking ill, which was when the they were covered in bird shit. Oh, I don't oh yeah, I do remember that. But I also remember without my pants. When you couldn't say anything, whatever they said, they couldn't stop saying. They had to finish the sentence by saying "without my pants." I remember the one where they got the wishes and they wished for all the money, and then it turned out that by wishing for all the money, the money had to come from somewhere. All right. So they got arrested for robbing the bank or stealing oh, yeah. the money from the bank because it was all twisted takes on things. All yeah. hence the title, but but yeah, no, that was genius. But then you had weird cartoons like Cops, where they had badges that. Oh, correct! They were massive, big, muscly yeah. guys with little hats on. But yeah, and it was to do with the badges and you had things like um, Phantom Twenty Forty Nine or whatever it was, or Twenty, where it was like the Phantom in the future. Mm. Really, really, really weirdly stylized, but actually really quite good. Have we mentioned Danger Mouse yet? Have we mentioned Danger Mouse? Mm. Yeah, Not Danger Mouse. I meant D'Artagnan. No, we haven't. One for all and all for one. Musker hands are always ready. There was a load like that, wasn't there? There was Doug Tanyan, and there was... Well, Phyllis that was those serialised ones, wasn't it? Where if you missed an episode, you were fucked. Yeah. So, like, Mysterious Cities of Gold. <laughs> Woody <laughs> Fogg. Doug Tanyan. <laughs> I think I've got all the Doug Tanyans on DVD. This is the thing. I've bought a lot of the cartoons that I loved as a kid on DVD and have actually rewatched very few of them mm. for fear that they're shit. <laughs> yeah. Which is highly possible, let's be honest. But, but yeah, is there any? Obviously, quite a few of them have been redone. Are there any that you'd like to see remade with a more structured, linear story? So, like they did with He Man and Thundercats. Chase, because he never did get his dad back, did he? He never did. No. No, it's like the Spider-Man animated series. He never did get Mary Jane back. <laughs> she went through that time vortex wormhole thing, whatever oh, it was. Oh, really? She never came back? Hmm? No, because the last episode is him slipping through all these different worlds where he meets different Spider-Mans, one where Spider-Man's just a guy playing Spider-Man on a TV show, hmm. and one where he actually meets Stan Lee. Nice. Um, but yeah, he never actually gets Mary Jane back, and then the next series they did was the Spider-Man Unlimited. Yeah. That yeah. just felt like uh, cash in on Batman Beyond. Uh, okay. Or Batman of the Future it was over here. Um, so, uh, let me think then. Um, something classic that they could remake of the structured thing. They didn't like Bucky O'Hare would work. Oh, I didn't. I never liked Bucky O'Hare. Did you not? No. I know for a long time. It was basically a ripoff of Bloody. Same with Toad Wars, whatever it's called. What was it? Battle Toads. But um, Bucky O'Hare was something to do with Neil Adams. Really? Yeah, it was going through his studio that they were trying to do something with. I don't know if that was recently or not. Mm. 
but or whether the com the original comic went through Neil Adams as well. Well, but yeah, was that the comic first? Was it? It was the comic first. Cause it's on my uh, comics adapted into. Because you had things like X Men that they brought back with X Men Evolution, and then Wolverine the X Men. Wolverine and the X Men was fantastic, and they binned it after one series, mm-hmm. and that was superb. I highly recommend watching that. Um, X Men Evolution was all right as well, but I never saw it consistently enough to get an overall feel of the series. I don't remember that. Ewoks, Ewoks and droids. Droids. I got both of those on DVD as well. I think Ewoks ran for longer than Droids. Droids was a bit weird. Yeah. Droids sort of felt a little rushed and It's quite interesting to think that Rogue One wasn't the first Star Wars spin-off movie. Yeah. Because you had the two Caravan of Courage in the other Ewok movie, didn't you? Battle for Endor and Caravan of Courage. Or Caravan of Courage and Battle for Endor. I can't remember which one came first. I think it was Battle for Endor first. I've got those on DVD and not brought myself I never got... I never actually got the like Caravan of Courage. I don't get that. I think the buttons or something. Haven. We have Caravan (laughs) of Courage. (laughs) Not for the (laughs) faint-hearted. They were ones that used to rent from the video shop all the time. They were fucking freaky and dark. Yeah. But the opening of the second one, the entire fucking family's wiped out apart from the little girl. Yeah. And then you had the front. They were looking for a guy called Noah, if mm. I remember rightly. And on the box, it was like this muscular kind of. It looked like the dad from the family, or a muscular kind of guy. And then when they meet you, it's an old guy with a big white beard. So it's like, so you went looking for Roy Schneider, and you found David Bellamy. Fair enough. <laughs> but, but yeah, we sh- we should probably sort of wrap it up. So sort of your standout cartoons from your childhood that you will s- still go back to or ones that you'd quite like to go back to uh, well this could be dangerous I think because I collect them up there I collect the ornaments as well um, I think yeah I think it's got to be dangerous and He-Man I've just recently noticed that He-Man's on Netflix and I'm very tempted oh fuck while we're on that Real Ghostbusters is dropped on Netflix as well yes yes I did see that I used to love that because again that was the only way to get Ghostbusters toys where they were based on the real Ghostbusters cartoon oh my god the Ghostbusters toys were mental weren't they they were I remember the granny yeah and the dustbin guy and dustbin guy yeah and there was there was another guy that the front basically flopped open yes and he was like a big mouth yes I can't remember because you had there was like a policeman and all different things and you could get a mis- you had a mistake of marshmallow man yeah that was just a big moulded piece of fucking foamy plastic but yeah absolutely but and the Ghostbusters their ecto their um fuck their proton pack they had the beams coming out and you could twiddle it from the back so they yeah. twist around but my stepmom cut all the beams off mine because uh, why she thought I'd get stabbed in the eye by it oh did you have like like padded walls in your bedroom I ain't taking this from you <laughs> Who's Julian Anderson copying FHM had all the dirty pages pulled out? Oh, tell me about it. And bloody, it cost <laughs> a freaking fortune on eBay at the moment as well. <laughs> Still got mine somewhere. Oh, that was one of the standout copies that was. Yeah. On some of issues. Was, yeah, because well, we're going way off kids' cartoons now, but that was sort of <laughs> the weird thing in the late 90s that everybody just bought FHM but didn't really understand why they were buying it. Yeah, FHM and Loaded and Sky. Sky Magazine, Sky, yeah. yeah. 
because I remember you asking me if I bought Sky magazine and I was like well, I haven't got Sky so I don't <laughs> see why I fucking buy it it's, like, it's not a fucking telly magazine yeah. it's like, well they didn't make that clear with the name did they but yeah it was sort of that lads movement mm. but yeah that's way off card <laughs> but because they're rebooting a lot of cartoons again there's going to be a new Spider-Man series right which I really liked Homer Spider-Man but dropped off it after a while once it became the Web Warriors oh I didn't know I had do you ever used to watch um, Hulk and Smash where it was Agents of Smash no the problem with Disney XD is that it's really difficult to keep track of the series because mm. they'll be on for a bit and then they'll disappear mm. it's like Star Wars Rebels it's about a month between them showing the penultimate episode and then the two episode series finale okay so the point was like, have they just fucking dropped this and not <laughs> it's really frustrating the way they run cartoons like that or you think you're sitting down to watch a new one and you find out it's one you've seen before. That happened a lot with Ultimate Spider-Man. That's why I just binned it off in the end mm. and hoped it would come out on DVD, which it didn't. Yeah. But no, it's... Yeah. I think I think nostalgia needs a lot. When I Certainly when I rewatched He-Man. Not a patch of what I remember. No. Lots of horrible turn into the camera. Same with Thundercats. Lots of horrible turn into the camera. <laughs> like... We did it. We did it because we worked as a team. Yes, and remember, <laughs> if you work as a team, you can achieve anything. Oh, wow. Within reason. Uh, <laughs> it's like, was it... Yeah, it was He-Man ended with him sitting in an armchair telling you the moral of that episode. Yeah, it was, absolutely. Because that was the weird thing about Hammerman is that he'd usually tell you the moral of the episode before the fucking story. I can't remember Hammerman. Can't believe you can't remember Hammerman. No. Again, I think that was one of those obscure Channel 4... Saturday morning or Sunday morning briefly mm. yeah because it used to be Channel 4 had cartoons Sunday morning didn't it and BBC 2 used to have cartoons Sunday morning remember Muppet Babies Muppet Babies oh I hated Muppet Babies I liked it for some bizarre reason mm. I think if I watched it now I'd wonder what the shit I was thinking we haven't mentioned Rugrats we haven't mentioned Rugrats I adore Rugrats yeah absolutely that was a before Saturday um, Saturday Superstore all going live that was that was on live and kicking Rugrats yeah that's if you watch it now that's so 90s Mm. the colour scheme everything it takes you straight back to the 1990s it's sort of like because it was the same sort of had a Beavis and Butthead sort of feel about it but not in theme in style Mm. that real 90s thing but the 90s were great because you had that and then you had King of the Hill which was again a more adult thing I adore King of the Hill mm-hmm. probably one of my favourite grown up com- cartoons for want of a better phrase but but yeah I sort of part of me would quite like to if when we die you can pick a sort of time period to go back to it would be those fucking Saturday mornings like Quantum Leap yeah just cherry picking oh boy because it's like you get them on DVD and it's great but it's not quite the same mm. as as watching an episode of Animaniacs then watching Batman the animated series then watching I'd love that would kind of be my dream day to get like a telly magazine telly listing mm. yeah. in the 90s <laughs> and just fucking repeat that for one day so a rerun of Night Rider in the afternoon. Oh, they watch then Lois and Clark, then fucking Noel's House Party, or whatever it was. Fall Guy, Littlest Hobo. Then a film. Fall Guy was used to be on a Sunday. I always remember Fall Guy being a Sunday thing. Mm. Littlest Hobo. 
that used to be a Channel 4 thing. Oh my word, yeah. And freaking, but then, then you've got things like Highway to Heaven, which was always bath night on a Sunday. Yeah. Before last, the summer wine. Oh crap, yeah. Oh, so fucking depressing. An- anti- oh, I hated last summer wine and Antiques Roadshow and all that crap. Last the summer wine, the structure used to be how can we get Compo to fall down this hill? Hmm. Yeah, basically. And that just seemed to be the twist for every fucking thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. That was so depressing. It's like, these these old people are going to die soon, so let's just, you know, let's go for a nice cup of tea in the cafe and let's over these old women. It's fucking horrible, that. (laughs) Mm. But anyway, that's a depressing note to end on. So, if you could recommend somebody watch an old cartoon... So if if you had kids or your nephew or niece or whatever came up to you and was like I have done and I have what did you watch what was your one recommendation it would can't say danger range damn it <laughs> um, probably do you know what we've only mentioned it once but I'll probably be Batfink cool I've actually got them all on DVD as well amazing Batfink we've not spoken about Batfink enough your bullets cannot harm me <laughs> my wings are like a shield of steel Hugo a go go. Hugo a go go, yeah. Wow. I'll tell you what we haven't mentioned, and it's fucking shocking and disgusting, and we should be ashamed of ourselves. Go Earthworm Jim. Oh, yeah, like he's the only one. Oh, my word. Yeah, that was very 90s, though. That was very 90s, but it was still a huge part of Earthworm Jim and The Tick were my two sort of weird 90s ones. Yeah. I adored The Tick as well. Which again sort of had shonky animation. Oh, the Earth. Earth oh, one they're remaking as well. And just in a bizarre way is Reboot. Do you remember Reboot? It was the computer animated one. They were all blue. Oh, yeah. Um, Megabyte. Yes. Crikey, yeah. But they're sort of doing that as a live action remake oh. TV series and it looks fucking horrible. Oh. But no, I think if I was recommending one. Well, I've tried to get my kids several times into Animaniacs. Yeah because like I say I, I absolutely adore Animaniacs Batman the Animated Series a few times and I tried to get them into the 80s Transformers yeah of course and to quote Jack exactly I don't want to watch this why not it looks old <laughs> fucker <laughs> but and you can't go wrong with Looney Tunes cartoons no you really can't we could, timeless we could do a whole thing on its own on Looney Tunes cartoons all the different well, yeah absolutely because there's so many different but yeah anyway I think we're going to run in it another three hour epic so yeah okay Let's so yeah we should probably wrap it on that that became less of a structured conversation and more of a do you remember yeah. but hopefully it's <laughs> fucking sparked it in your mind as well and you're going to rush off and yeah, look it up for what yourself else, what we missed What's all, what obvious have we missed there's got to be plenty we've missed that's obvious mm. But anyway, but yeah, no, until next time, if you want to suggest a topic for us to talk about, throw it in there. We're hoping to do an alien. We're both going to go watch it first. But yeah, we've got to go watch Covenant first. But yeah, we're hoping to do one looking at the alien films, because that was huge. That was sort of the first Terrorhawks. 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 <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. Yeah. On that note, the safe word is Terrorhawks. The safe word is Terrorhawks. Uh, cheers for listening if you made it this far. Uh, put up Terrorhawks. <laughs> and... See ya. Cheers, guys. Test, test, handful of bullsack. <sighs> test. I'm trying to burp them, it didn't work. <laughs>